Episode 1 Spring I'm Eve, and I will be playing Cindy the Mundane. Cindy is a retired monster hunter living the life of an accountant for the local monster hunting scene. Cindy is married to her wife Susan and the stepmom to two amazing kids. Cindy set up shop out of the back of Ed Minions, a local hunter bar. From there, she helps outfit hunters for jobs, gathers intel, and makes sure that they have a decent meal every now and again. Cindy is always armed with a purse filled with snacks, bandages, and a gun big enough to blow the head off of anything that moves. I'm Alex, and I'll be playing Ezra the Divine. Ezra, or Israfel, or Hermes as they were once known, and don't like to talk about, is a disgraced angel sent to live on Earth after they got into some trouble and was sentenced to exile until they stood with a group of hunters in the final fight. Ezra was always on the lookout for their next noble mission to end their exile, but after a few centuries of the end times just not coming, Ezra started to try out some vices that life on Earth had offered. Equipped with a flaming sword and divine powers, Ezra found work as a monster hunter easy and a good source of fast cash. Ezra worked alongside Cindy years ago, only to find themselves back with her at Ed Minions as they try to keep their head low and their pockets filled. Oh, and also they look exactly like a 2000s era Josh Groban. I'm Shannon, and I'll be playing Rodney the Gumshoe. Rodney is an honor-bound detective who loves conspiracy theories and big guns. He used to tail people for money until he found out about the supernatural world. Since then, he couldn't justify wasting his talents on spying on cheating spouses anymore. He didn't stay to himself, but after working a job with this new team, he stuck around a while. Rodney always tells Cindy that this job will be the last one before he goes, but it never is. Rodney's best friend is his bearded dragon named Eugene Toombs, and he likes to collect hats for Eugene. Rodney always has his magnum at his side and never keeps his back to a door. I'm Zolivier Nelson Jr., and I'll be playing Lamar the Crooked. Lamar is looking for revenge. His little brother went missing, and after a torturous journey, Lamar found him. There in the sewers. Lamar was face to face with little drummer boys and the bloated corpse of his little brother. Lamar fought his way out of there armed only with the bladed arms of deceased LDBs. Now that Lamar knows what happened to his little brother, there's only one thing left to do. Kill every single little drummer boy. Also, Lamar looks exactly like Willem Dafoe. Monsters come in all shapes and forms, but some monsters are so grotesque, only the bravest can stand against them. For the last few months, Cindy, Ezra, Rodney, and Lamar have been hunting down little drummer boys. These foul creatures inhabit the bodies of children that have been twisted and shaped by an unknown darkness. With hardened skin and hands that have transformed into blades, little drummer boys are something to behold. Our four hunters have tracked them down to their final nest in hopes to end them once and for all.
The four of you start out outside of a warehouse. You've tracked this down to the base of the little drummer boys. You did some recon to make sure that the coast was relatively clear, but there's definitely like a presence of little drummer boys outside on guard. Now that you're up close and seeing them, you've seen them time and time again, but you're still never really used to what they look like. It looks like humanoid children, but just terrible, scary little monsters. They have knives for hands. The texture of their skin varies from each of them. Some of them look more human and other ones look, you know, weirdly scaly and reptilian. The four of you are outside of this warehouse and you're about to break in to hopefully end the Little Drummer Boys. What do you do? Um, I feel like Ezra is probably sort of hanging out in the middle of the group. Like, I'm definitely not a point person but I'm not bringing up the rear either. I think that despite all of the centuries that I've spent down among humankind, it's only served to confuse me about their exact durability ratings because humans sometimes are like super fragile and like a car can kill them, but then other times like they'll survive the most ridiculous circumstances. So I'm just kind of really not sure what's going to kill these guys and what (laughs) isn't, but I'm hanging out with my flaming sword, like trying to keep an eye on things. How large is the flame coming from your flaming sword? Can it give away our position at all? I feel like it varies. I feel like the flaming sword, at least as I'm envisioning it, sort of has like a low level burn happening on it all the time. But when I like raise it for battle, it rages into this inferno type situation. It's got a pilot light. Yeah, it's got like a pilot light always on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's like a low blue flame around the outside, but when it's when it's go time. All right. So Ezra's kind of in the middle. Um, Who's going to be taking up point? I mean, I think my character would probably be up front. And this is personal too, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got Lamar leading up front. What about Sydney and Rodney? Where where are y'all going to be going in at? I can be in the back because guns are really loud and I want to wait to use it. I don't want to give away our position. Cindy's just bringing in her uh, medical kit and her purse with all the snacks and everything. So, I mean, she's not really particularly armed, so probably in front of Rodney, but in the back. So it'll be Lamar, Ezra, Cindy, and then Rodney bring up the rear. You can either just kind of run in, you can give me, read a bad situation. I could do that, I'm pretty good at that. All right, great, yeah, so give me a roll and then add sharp. That is totaling out to an eight. You get to choose one off of the list from read a bad situation. Uh, You pick one of these and I'll tell you some answers or results from that. I'm going to go with Probably the most obvious one for us right now. What's the best way in? Throughout your times helping on Little Drummer Boy missions, you have realized that there is a real good chance that the basis of these are human children and they do love some snacks. So you got a purse full of snacks and if you threw a distraction, they're probably going to go after those those sweet, sweet uh, gushers you got in your purse. I do have a lot of gushers. Okay. uh, Yeah. So anytime you act off information you get from a read a bad situation, or like investigate a mystery you get a plus one to it so you're gonna roll act under pressure which is your cool modifier and then you'll get an additional plus one since you have done that so this is act under pressure to throw your gushers and we're just gonna see like how well you do and how you know how received they are eight great so you throw uh, a few packs of gushers you were able to tell there was about four little drummer boys staying outside two on each entrances there's like one main entrance and one side entrance you are able to pull off the two from the main entrance but the two from the side entrance like look over and see that the gushers are you know there's already so few in a pack and they realize that those two aren't going to share 
So they don't even bother to try to go over there. So it looks is this like a Gushers subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you can go into like the the main entrance, but just you know, out of you know general knowledge, usually main entrances uh, are are a lot more heavily guarded on the inside. The main entrance is unguarded. And the side entrance only has two little drummer boys. They do seem a little distracted, though, because they do definitely have some FOMO from not eating Gushers. <laughs> well, first thing I'll tell everyone is, um, y'all remember, you need to go for the arms. The arms are where the blades are. Feet do not have blades that I know of. I don't look at feet, usually. Mm-hmm. Just okay. look, look at the arms. Keep just, just that's, that's what the... As Lamar says this, you all do look down at the nunchucks that he has, like, on his belt that do seem like to be two blades, one arm each, like nunchucks made into, like, kind of like a makeshift nunchuck of a little drummer boy hands. Um, Ezra looks real quick down at their arms as if reminding themselves which one's arms are, and then, like, <laughs> nods a little bit like, okay, yeah, cool, got it. So, yeah, uh, what do you want to do? You want to try to sneak into the front entrance or you want to try to kill the little drummer boys on the side entrance and go in that way? I feel like side entrance, especially because they're distracted, might give us an advantage. Lamar, you're leading up front. You can give me a kick some ass rolls. And since they are distracted, I'll give you an additional plus one. I begin to walk up my child chucks tucked behind me. So that's an eight. Anytime you fight something, you just exchange harm. So like there's if you get a full success, you can choose extra things like avoiding harm, inflicting more harm or stuff like that. But on a on a mixed success, all that happens is like you just do blow for blows. I kind of like wave like I'm waving with hands and there and I'm coming out of the darkness with these things tucked behind me and I kind of wave and at first they're like they're kind of waving back like maybe a friend was there. Uh, but then it's me, and I just start chopping away. You use your nunchuck child chucks as a decoy from some bushes, and they think that like you're doing like you know the little drummer boy hello. And one walks up all excited, like waving with both hands, and then you just swipe off both of their hands, and like it lets out like a scream. But you're gonna take one harm because one of the hands falls down and stabs you in the foot that you just oh, cut off. Dude. Yeah. But you see this little drummer boy, uh, as both of his hands are cut off, it just falls to the ground and it's just like oozing blood out of it. You probably have killed a few before, but as Lamar pointed out, like you want to go for the hands because they got a lot of arteries in there and it's effectively decapitation for them. So yeah, so that one's on the ground dying uh, and bleeding out and the other one's uh, alerted and it's like looking, it's trying to like look out because this is at nighttime. So it's trying to like look out past where like the light of the warehouse is shining. You can tell it's trying to decide like if it should go for an attack or if it should go inside to alert. The rest of the three of you will have a chance to to act real quick. All right, I'm going to roll up in there with my flaming sword. Yeah. How do you do it? Do you, are you like, because you've definitely been on Earth for multiple generations. So are oh, yeah. you still gung-ho like running into battle or are you just kind of like sauntering up into battle like a badass i think it's kind of somewhere in between the two but not in as cool a way as you would think like if you were picturing ezra as cool you are kind of already on the wrong track (laughs) so i think i'm sort of essentially following behind lamar here and lamar like charges into battle does this really badass move and i'm kind of like oh i still don't love the idea of stabbing these child looking things like it's not awesome but um, he like swiftly takes care of that one. And then I just sort of like walk over and I think direct like stab with my giant flaming sword okay. into the torso of this thing. All right, great. Uh, so yeah, just give me a kick some ass roll. Yeah. 
So bad. That comes out to a uh, seven plus two is nine. You'll trade some blows. What is that? A three harm, correct? Uh, the flaming sword is three harm, hand fire, holy. You just swipe it just in half. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like cuts off its top half and falls over. And you did see Lamar just have the knife fall into his foot. So like you make sure to step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and avoid the knife falling on your foot, but you do step on the other knife hand that Lamar cut off, and you're going to take one harm. <laughs> yeah, as you're tracks. just like, ah, damn it. Oh, this knife my. hand's all over the place like Lego bricks. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Watch your step now. You're able to wipe these two little drummer boys out fast enough, and the other two that were on the front entrance are still distracted by the gushers. Hey, you gotta lick your fingers. Yeah, I think one of the things about um, little drummer boys that you've, like, found out is they all have very bad object permanency and memories. So they are kind of easy to distract. So they keep forgetting that every time they bite into this tasty snack that there's, like, a delicious treat inside, which is the gush of the juice. And so it's really distracting them. And you've observed this in the field before. You remember when we were at that place in Montana? I think it was Ezra who cut off one of their arms. They looked down at their arms and they were really freaking out. But then they looked away and they forgot that their arm was cut off and you got to cut off the other one. It's just like that. That's been a tried and true tactic ever since. I think that also um, after I finish, like just totally slicing this one in half, I sort of just reach down with my sword and kind of like just knock the other, there were like hands and blades out of the way, just sort of like putting them aside to make sure the others don't step on them. Ezra's <laughs> uh, using their sword to just clear a path uh, yeah. of the little drummer boy carcasses. The door you find is unlocked. How much light is outside? Like how much can we see? So, you know, y'all are in Waukegan, Illinois. It's a city, um, you know, a few hours north of Chicago. There's definitely a lot of outskirts. You guys are kind of on the further end of town. So this warehouse, imagine you don't have a lot of city light pollution. So it has some floodlights on each of the um, like corners of the warehouse. But like past where that illuminates, it's pretty dark. And especially if you're standing within that light, it's hard to see past it. So Lamar and Ezra are definitely within like the lit up area. And then Rodney and Cindy, y'all were still holding back from your original position of scouting. I have like a little tiny like digital like video camera and I'm trying to get pictures of the dead little drummer boys but the light it's a cheap camera and the lighting's not very good so I stop okay so yeah you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to get some stuff for all your uh, your crypto friends online because they still don't believe on you forums about whether little drummer boys are real and people don't believe me yeah and I forgot to get pictures last time and now it's too dark yeah they're just like you just taped knives on the the bot like the dead body of a kid that's not cool <laughs> like listen so, sure up. some of us have faked Bigfoot sightings but this is like there's a lie <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you, you try to get that, um, but like I said, like you do find that the side the side door is unlocked. I can read a bad situation. I can try. That's an eight. Choose one off of the read a bad situation list. So the question I want to ask is: Are there any dangers we haven't noticed as far as the unlocked door? So Rodney, you're definitely you know you've been into a lot of conspiracy theories. You're a little paranoid, and like you guys have tracked down what you you know have thought through a lot of research on the findings. Like is like you know the location of the alpha, and it does seem very weird that the door is unlocked, and it seems eerily quiet, way more quiet than you would assume, because especially like. You've never really encountered little drummer boys that like are very well set up. It's definitely kind of like just a, a flood of chaos everywhere they go. And you have seen some of them like in guarding positions, but it does seem kind of weird of how little activity you notice right now. It just feels like this is not a great situation for some reason. 
So is it quiet with anticipation, like a with a surprise birthday party thing, or is it quiet dead? It's definitely like the anticipation of like a child's birthday. Like you just kind of feel like something's something's waiting. Well, we should. I guess we should just go on in. I mean, do y'all want to keep the same marching order? Cindy, one question. Since we know that there's going to be some stuff going on down here, you still got that van, right? Well, yeah, no, of course I do. How does it do with sharp collisions into immobile objects? Lamar, dear, it's a van. It's not made for that. I'm very surprised. I I offered you money to modify it, get some battering rams on there. I, I don't think it has the towing power for that, dear. Well, now I'm going for economy over style. I'm just imagining, like, you pulling up your kid's soccer game in, like, a Mad Max van. <laughs> just the spikes and, like, flames coming off of it. As y'all are trying to decide, like, whether to go in or not, you do notice, Cindy notices out of the corner of her eye, that there's seven pouches of Gusher on the ground, and a, a box of Gushers only has eight pouches in it. So it definitely seems like um, it's it's getting close for them to uh, finish up those those sweet sweet treats. Yeah, I don't I I don't think that they're going to care for the granola bars. I love granola bars as a child. Uh, yeah, no, I had, I had one to Lamar. There you go. Don't open the wrapper now, though. All right, we're trying to keep quiet. It's a very loud snack. I take the granola bar. I sort of open up the side door and I throw the granola bar inside to see if like, it gets <laughs> blown apart by gun hand cannons or something. Yeah, you throw it inside and um, like you don't hear anything and like you could like kept the door peeked open a little bit and like looked in and it doesn't seem like it just throw it about six feet in front of you and it hits the ground and just slides about a foot forward and nothing seems to happen. That this is very unusual. Uh, I do not like this. I'm sure it'll be fine. We can handle it. Granola bars are fine. It's the non-reaction to the granola bars that I'm worried about. Quick question for Rodney. You got anything that allows you to sort of do a reverse ambush where you ambush their ambush? <laughs> ambush their ambush? Um, I'm good at asking questions and investigating. I'm not very good at ambushing child monsters, I would say. I do have a giant gun. I have like a 44 Magnum. I have like a dirty hairy gun, but I'm kind of waiting to use that. When you, I was about to say like, when you say that, do you just like pull it out and show everybody like, I do have yeah. this outrageously <laughs> large gun. It's very, very heavy impressive. and impractical, but it's also very powerful. Does the lizard have a gun? My lizard. Oh yeah, I have a pet bearded dragon named Eugene Tombs. I don't have him with me. He does not have a gun. Yeah, he's at Edmonton. He has little cowboy hats, and I dress him up for holidays as well. And I go to a reptile conventions. I was literally just about to Eugene. ask about the cowboy hats. He likes the cowboy hats. I don't think Eugene would like a, guns. But yeah, I think we should just go on and see what happens. Um, okay. Maybe I can get some good footage. If you want to, I'll take point bit. again. That sounds good. Okay, I open up the door and I, uh, I'm not gonna waste a granola bar, especially because. <laughs> yeah, That's I a mean, Quaker. It, They're those are good. It does look like yeah, uh, the granola bar. Like you, you walk in and like you're very cautious and like looking around and like you grab the granola bar and you're able to get it. Uh, you walk in and once you realize you know that uh, there's no immediate danger, you realize the area that you entered through. So it is like an old warehouse. It looked multi-leveled and it looks like the area that you're in is kind of um, what used to be used as offices. Okay. You see a door, you see about three doors on each side of you that all look like to be like little offices. And then you see a door that leads out into the main warehouse. Is there electric light in here or is it dark in here as well? There is electric light in here. Okay. I definitely want to check out the offices. Is it possible that 
there is also access to a breaker within this general vicinity. So once we're finished investigating, we can turn off the lights. It does not uh, look like the breaker is in this room. Uh, so Rodney, you want to uh, check out the offices. Like what kind of stuff are you going to be looking for? I guess anything out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, cause these, these aren't very smart creatures, so I don't think they'd be leaving any, like, paperwork behind, but if I say anything about how they took over, like, how the office yeah. building was transferred, or just anything weird, I'm not gonna sit there and go through everything. Transferred seems like a very generous word in light of, uh, <laughs> I think this is what they call in the business world a hostile takeover. <laughs> Give me a sharp roll. This is gonna be kind of like read a bad situation, but I'm just gonna kind of choose what all you find depending on the uh, the level of success. I was a six. So I'm a detective. I'm just like, it looks like an office. You're, you're going to mark an experience because <laughs> like you start to go through the offices and like to you, there doesn't seem anything out of place. Each of the offices actually looks like they, they have like a lot of notes on them. Um, they have computers that are around, you know, they seem like five or six so years old, not super outdated, but definitely not brand new. And then you start to like thumb through some files and stuff that you see because there is like one, most everything in the offices is like very dust covered. And there seems to be one file cabinet that like doesn't look dusty. And as you're starting to uh, walk towards it, you trip on a computer cord monitor and then pull a computer scream and it comes crashing down um, it makes a very loud noise that then in turn uh, makes a very loud noise come from within the warehouse on the other side of the door as you all recognize as the screech of little drummer boys i whip out my child chucks in preparation uh i i hate that they're called that <laughs> everybody does <laughs> I keep investigating. I get up. I apologize. But I, if they're coming, I want to see what's in the file cabinet. So you just apologize to the empty office you're in? Like, sorry, <laughs> she, sorry. Yeah. Y'all would be around. And Rodney just sticks the... his head out the door. He's like, I'm fucking sorry. Go. Uh, okay. So we'll get back to Rodney in a second. So the three of you are left in kind of like the hallway of the office area. And you, you like hear like the scraping of like knives on the door in front of you. And you have experiences before. Little drummer boys do have a hard time opening doors. It's not that they can't, but it's it is the fact that they have knives for hands and so like they're just trying to like you see the doorknobs jiggling and you know you have about 30 to 45 seconds until they actually get it immediately when i hear the sound i think i reflexively hold up my sword in sort of a combat position and then as soon as i see the doorknob jiggling i sort of drop it to my side walk up to the door and just put a foot up against it i have a bit of an idea do you remember that thing we did down in texas with the duct tape no, the, other, the oh, thing the where you thing. set something on fire and I kick it towards people. That was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's 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 called the Texas Twister because I kind of have to do a little <laughs> twist in my hips because my legs aren't great. As you guys are saying this, um, both of you kind of look down and there is a uh, metal trash bucket and next to it there's a bunch of rags. And then okay. in one of the um, offices that was searched, you did find a bunch of like uh, high proof whiskey. There you go. Oh, just a general note, too. The bottle you found says, Love, Harold, for our 10-year anniversary. But that's the note on the bottle. It's very <laughs> dusty. Sorry, Harold. I uh, I sheathe my sword temporarily, which I do by way of, I have the move what I need when I need it, which is my sort of divine pocket space move, which basically means I can store like any one object into this hammer space, essentially, mm -hmm. and then retrieve it to my hand at any point. That's awesome. So I temporarily just vanish my sword into hammer space and then snag these rags in the whiskey bottle and sort of hold them up to Lamar like, yes. I uh, take the whiskey bottle and the rags and I kind of I make like a, a neat little collage on this door. I kind of have, I have, I have, you know, there's staplers. 
So I'm stapling rags <laughs> to the door. I'm soaking them in whiskey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I step aside to allow Ezra to do their thing. First, you, Lamar, give me act under pressure. So I got a 13. Hey. So you you just, like, make this, like, fucking Schistine Chapel-style... <laughs> rag art they're like all of you are like that's fucking beautiful and as you're all admiring it on fire very lovely lamar yeah as all of you are admiring it uh ezra goes to set it ablaze since uh lamar did such a good job you're gonna roll to kick some ass because pretty much what's gonna happen is is like the door's gonna get open and you're gonna set everything on fire so you're gonna get an additional plus two on your roll because of how good of a job lamar just did okay uh, Cindy snaps a picture of it first with her phone. <laughs> any anytime any of you guys do anything lovely, she's gonna embrace yeah. it and cherish it. That's perfect. Right. My base roll is an eleven. I get a plus two from my tough rating, um, which makes it a thirteen, and then another plus two, so that's a fifteen. Jeez. Fuck. So Lamar sets up all the rags, and then you are just standing right outside the door, waiting for it to open. And like as soon as it opens, you see five little drummer boys burst in. The flame on your sword isn't even past pilot light, and you just mm-hmm. like tap it down on a line of foolproof alcohol that just like ignites and just immediately sets ablaze every single little drummer boy just before they can even get to you and like one from the very back like tries to like use the 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 bodies of the little drummer boys like the dead bodies in front of it to like launch off of and like attack you but you just like spin around and just slice it in half like without effort and it just seems like the group of little drummer boys that you just alerted like you just murdered so efficiently and then i kind of twirl my sword around and go and the flame goes out you're a natural i love the idea that ezra looks like josh groban too (laughs) he's circa 2007 josh groban so like before he had his act together too This whole thing just just happened, and uh, Rodney was still searching inside of the filing cabinet. And what you start to find is a series of it looks like a bunch of like different notebooks with like just the scramblings of a madman inside, and then there's a bunch of maps and stuff like that. Uh, give me another sharp roll to see how much of this you can kind of put together. It's a six. Making me roll for stuff. What is is your sharp modifier? You're a detective. Shouldn't that be your best stat? It's plus one. Charm is my best stat. Somebody can try to roll uh, like a help out. You can roll plus cool if someone wants to try to help out Rodney. Yeah, so I think that Sydney can look in there and see Rodney like feels bad about the computer and he's like looking at all these papers and it's just like can't make heads or tail of it. So uh, give me a... Just roll with cool. That will be a seven. So you go in there and you start to, you know, just give some words of encouragement to Rodney. I, you know, you're very used to seeing, like, to helping your kids out with homework oh, and yeah, stuff of like course. that. It's just like, you know, you know, pointing out the obvious answer and trying to make it seem like, you know, He's the one that landed on it. Yeah. So one of the things of note that you see that you help point Rodney to, you're like, oh, a lot of this uh, is just chronological events about just mysterious things happening. And then you pull out a map that like Rodney had looked at and just thrown aside because Rodney's not great at reading maps. Rodney's like still trying to put things together and you kind of put the map on the wall and you just sit back and go, huh, maybe this has something to do with it. (laughs) And you see that it's a map of Illinois and 
there's X's all over it, and then there's a giant circle around Waukegan, Illinois, which is the city all of you are in. Just like, I can't for the life of me figure out why this map of Illinois has all these little places marked on it. Now, I, I for some reason, think that this might be connected. Tell, <laughs> but but Sydney is so sweet. <laughs> I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. Rodney realizes what Cindy is doing, but he appreciates it. So he doesn't super call attention to it. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. And he like takes out his camera, takes a whole bunch of pictures of the map. Um, he would, I think one of my items is a laptop. So I feel mm-hmm. like I would have a laptop bag or messenger bag with me. Mm-hmm. Can I just shove some of these papers in it? The ones that look yeah, the most I think, important. I think you can take, take some in there and then any mm-hmm. of the like pictures you snap, you definitely have it set up to where you can like auto, auto load up to the cloud. So they're on your computer. So I think you're able to just like gather together enough di- uh, of the information to where you can review it later. Perfect. All right, uh, Lamar and uh, yeah. Ezra, come here. I want you to gather up. We're taking a photo of you and your kills here. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So should I should I still have my child checks, or should I put those? How, how do you want me to do that? Oh, hold up your weapons. Be proud of it. There you go. <laughs> Ronnie like mimes a pose. Like you could do like this, or you could do. Yeah. And I'm taking pictures too. I'm paying more attention to the corpses than Lamar, but I get a couple of like full shots. Thank you. That's, that's great. These are going to look real good up on the wall. Ezra loves pictures. This is the coolest invention of the past 500 years. Y'all do a nice little photo shoot from the uh, the main room of the warehouse. You hear you hear what sounds kind of like rattling with some chains, but it sounds like there's that. It doesn't look like there was like a, a, a sub-level here. It just looked like there was like multiple above levels, but it does kind of sound like there might be like some subterranean stuff going on um, if you go deeper into the warehouse. Mm-hmm. From your description, description of this of the of the space it sounds like if we come out into the main warehouse we'd be above whatever is below mm-hmm. so with that in mind we've got all these really sharp hands on the ground we could just kind of push this pile of corpses so it dumps on whatever sounds like it's rattling and very dangerous below us if you want to do that you're going to give me an act under pressure roll and i'll give you an additional plus one because i love your use of these uh of these corpses that's, that's real clever thinking there lamar you're too supportive that's a, an eight altogether so what you what's gonna happen is, is you're pushing these corpses down where you throw one corpse down and you hear like the um little drummer boys it does sound like they have a language but it's not like an audible like language it sounds like a series of like grunts and screams and clicks. Uh, Lamar has tracked them enough to where he doesn't understand them, but does fully believe that they have a full version of communication. You throw one of the bodies down and you hear a few grunts and clicks from below. And then you hear like footsteps going up and you throw another one down. And then you hear like, not a grunt as if they're talking, but it sounds like the body you just threw fell down. So you're just throwing corpse after corpse, and it seems like they're just running up the stairs to check it out, and you keep hitting them. It's like Donkey Kong, but with <laughs> children's bodies. Let's say you had the two corpses outside, you had the five inside, so you had seven in total. So you just threw your seventh down there, and then like Lamar feels very proud of what he's doing, and he turns around and goes, okay, I think we got it. Um, and due to your mixed success, what happens when you get that is there's gonna be a price to pay so lamar turns and goes yeah i think we got it and then all of you see like the knife hands of a little drummer boy come up and stab lamar in the back and then you see lamar get pulled down into the stairwell <laughs> and then lamar you're gonna take two harm oh that sa- that sounds like a two harm sort of thing <laughs> one lamar, harm for each knife no. hand. 
Um, as far as the evidence, I'm just going to leave it, I think, unless y'all wanted to destroy it. We can't get a problem. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> other stuff uh, going oh, on. Rodney's like, so do we want to burn this? Oh, did Lamar get stabbed? Okay, but real quick. <laughs> yay, nay. Very or... evidence focus. Cindy rushes forward. Okay, if Cindy's rushing forward, I'm I'm going to do the same. So what is Cindy wanting to do? Are you wanting to try to go help? I want to try to pull him away. I do have knives in my back. Just to be clear. Yeah, but knives are straight. All I have to do is pull you straight off. Yeah, so we're going to do protect someone. So you're going to give me a roll with plus tough. So I just rolled two ones. So that would be a four. (laughs) Uh, Cindy walks up and is like, oh, no, Lamar. And then, like... You go stand where he was, and you're just like, wait a minute, I don't see him. And you turn back around in the same position, and you're just like, I don't know where Lamar went. And then sure enough, you all see two more sets of knife hands come out, and Cindy gets stabbed in the back and pulled down. Uh, Cindy, because she failed, the knives are going to give you two harm, and then you uh, are going to take an additional one harm. Oh, okay. I see this. I like drag a hand down my face um, and then I remove my flaming sword from Pocket's face and I go in and kick some ass. Oh my god, that's a six. Ugh. Can I help? Burn the dice if they fail you. Oh, it was a 10. Hey. Oh, okay. So uh, Estric goes, looks, and is like, no one's here and then starts <laughs> to turn around to say that to Rodney. <laughs> and Rodney screams, don't turn around! Stop. <laughs> and then you like remember like what you just saw and like you immediately turned back and sure enough there was some knives going for you so okay. you'll get to stab it and then it stabs a hand at you so you're gonna take one harm because like only sure. w- one hand stabs you but sure enough you're able to like impale it with your three harm flaming sword and sure. so you do kill <laughs> that's fine i have holy armor so i I'm good. Okay, but um, but so now that you're kind of like standing over the stairwell, you do see that uh, Cindy and Lamar aren't unconscious. They're struggling, but there's just a bunch of little drummer boys like trying to tie them up. But it's funny because they're using rope and they keep constantly <laughs> cutting the rope and stuff like that. And the only thing that's really holding the two of them down is like the knife hands. And it's not that the little drummer boys are strong. It's just that like if you fight back against their holding, you just can stand. I'm, I'm getting very frustrated though because I'm like, just put your hands together. Hold them with the flat sides of the blade. You're like coaching them through tying you up because it's just so frustrating to watch. The secondhand embarrassment is just too strong. From the top of the stairwell, Rodney's like, don't help them. <laughs> don't help them. I'm going to try to come, come down. They, they're having so much trouble. Cindy and Lamar, what are you, what are you two doing? You're down there, and like I said, so Lamar, the fr- you know, you know this about little drummer boys. They're definitely attracted to subterranean spaces, and now that you're down in this, it does look like this warehouse has been retrofitted to have a connection to the sewer system of Waukegan. I presume, based off previous experiences, that we do not want to be dragged into the sewers with knife hands. Yeah, you do not because you know the deeper you deeper you go in, the more uh, the more little drummer boys tend to be like. I'm sorry. I really love that you felt like you needed prior experience to help you make that judgment yeah. call. <laughs> <laughs> so do these I want to be dragged to, into the yeah. sewer by knife hands? Hmm. Prior experience says no. 
They're trying to drag me into the sewers. I don't know if I've been in a situation like this before, so it might be beneficial to just kind of go deeper. There are good sewers and bad sewers. It's impossible for me to tell which one. Let me think on all the things that have happened to me before. How how, how many of them are down here with us? There's three on each of you. Ooh, um, that's because a lot. like you were because like and there's also a bunch that are dead on the stairs too. So there's a mixture of the of the burnt corpses from inside of the office, the corpses that were on the side door um, guarding. And and then the you know the few that were walking up and kept having little drummer boys dropped and uh, killing um, are there too. Is it possible for them to reuse our brilliant throwing bodies on top of other bodies strategy? Um, it is possible, but your bodies would be some of the bodies that the bodies would be thrown at. Mm. I mean, is that a risk we have to take? Um, I pull out I my mean, my gun. Yeah, that's it. Y'all can try to like fight these things. I love how you're like trying to like. What are some creative options how to get rid of these things? Like you've already established they're pretty they're pretty like, you know, easy to murder. They're they they don't have a lot of health. Yeah, I wanna read a bad situation here. Well, here's the first thing. You're tied up by goblin <laughs> children. <laughs> also, they have knife hands. Yeah. Those are both bad things. Those are freebies. Based on previous experience, <laughs> you know that's not fun. That would be an 11. Ask three questions off of that list. You can also hold these. You don't have to ask all of them right now. You can kind of like use them as you go for the next couple of turns. Okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, what's the best way to protect the victims? It's like a stretch of a distance, but there does seem to be a, a water connection port for the uh, like fire hose system down there and so there is like the hose that you connect to it uh, attached in the glass wall but what you do see is there's a open and closed valve that's kind of pointed directly at the little drummer boys on top of you so you do see like you might be able to hit that open and the way it's positioned hopefully it would miss the two of you i also have an idea because we're both i presume staying very still because there's a lot of stabby stabby things happening on top of them. Mm -hmm. Cindy, you still got those granola bars? Sure do. Granola bars are really hard, right? They are. How would you feel about granola bar armor? I don't think that would be quite as effective as you would hope against knives. Throw me some granola bars, Simity. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I tossed some in my bag with the granola what bars. What are you trying to do? I'm going to catch the granola bars and use them to sort of like, to block the stabby things above me and get into a position where I can effectively fight and help me and Cindy. Roll to act under pressure. I got a 12. Woo! The stupidest fucking thing, and this is what you roll a 12 on? Okay, so you fucking use these granola bars and like she throws them to you and you immediately just like grab one and like fling it forward and a little drummer boy like tries to bring his uh, knife hand down on you. It slices through the packaging immediately and you hear like a squeak come from it that you've heard before is kind of like a mocking tone because it thinks like, oh, I just ripped this thing in half. But all it did was just open this package. And then as soon as it did that, a piece of granola bar chunks off into its eye and it screams, falls back, stabbing one behind it. And then it sets off a domino effect as you're just blocking these fucking little drummer boy hands with granola and they're just like attacking and chunking it away and just it's just all just flying 
in their fucking faces and they're all just like screaming they can't see anything they also hate how healthy these snacks are and so they're trying to like get it out of their mouths but they have like <laughs> knife hands so they're just kind of like stabbing themselves at each other and so somehow Lamar oh. with two granola bars has just taken down all six little drummer boys can I, can I follow this up with something yes I think then what you get is like from their perspective you get a shot of me and Rodney just like charging down the stairs like gun out and flaming sword held high and like we get to the bottom and kind of look around and, oh yeah you get down there and there's just a uh, there's just a littering of, of granola bar wrappers and dead little drummer boys with just bits and pieces of granola on the ground there's one particularly chunky pile of blood and I'm feeling the adrenaline is really high and I just like two fingers dip into that thing and I chop down on the granola that was in the blood pile. And I go like, mm, and then I realize what I've done. Dear, dear, don't, don't do that. That's very unsanitary. It tastes like granola soup. <laughs> I do love that the two of you came down like ready to just like, all right, we got to go. We got to go fucking murder these things. Like, We're going to protect our friends. <laughs> yeah. Probably gave each other a little rallying up speech. And then, yeah, sure enough, Lamar took him down with two fucking granola bars. Yeah, Lamar's injured, and so am I. So I'm, I'm going to apply some first aid to uh, Lamar Medic. You have a full first aid kit and training to heal people. So that would be a 12 total. So with that, I'll just go ahead and say instead of doing the two harm to heal, you'll actually be able to heal three harm. I feel rejuvenated. Uh, the taste in my mouth from the unwise <laughs> eating decision notwithstanding. So, there's a little bit of Listerine in here. You're getting patched up and then the same like rattling noise that you guys heard before uh, when you're upstairs happens. But this time, uh, as I said before, they don't really have a discernible language. Lamar's the only one that really like has done any kind of tracking. But it's terrifying to you because you do hear kind of like a, a series of squeaks, grunts, and, and yells that sound too similar to the name Lamar. Ooh. Hey, uh, Cindy, did, were you saying my name just a second ago? Oh, no, I was a little bit distracted. Got another picture. And as she's showing you some more pictures that she took, you all for sure hear what you can only assume is a little drummer boy saying the name Lamar. And it sounds like it's coming from a like a, a corridor uh, but down the hall that you guys are in. I definitely have my audio recorder out recording. I it. really don't like... Okay, something's saying my name. Is it like a, just for flavor text, is it like a menacing sound? Is it like a pleading kind of sound? Like It's menacing as fuck. Okay, you don't cool. you don't have to roll to just be like, oh, this isn't gotcha. this isn't great. But gotcha. like I said, but it's Thank but you. it doesn't sound like it's like a human voice. Like I said, it's like right. a series of like the grunts, squeaks, clicks, and things like that. But yeah, but like it's making the it's like forcing itself to say Lamar. Well, that's disconcerting. Feel you may have upset them, Lamar. I think it was the granola bars. So this is a corridor pretty close to us. So you kind of are at a corridor where like it leads off into like five or six different tunnel paths, but it's very obviously coming from like the one to your right, that direction. I sigh and say, well, screw it. And I start walking in the direction of the thing calling my name. I uh, sort of raise my sword defensively and I say, so we're doing the Texas thing where we go towards the thing that wants to kill us instead of the other Texas thing where we go the opposite direction. You can choose the Texas thing, but I'm doing the Texas two-step for now. 
Let's keep walking <laughs> in the direction. I feel as if, like, uh, the whole reason that we came here got ourselves stabbed multiple times is down that way. The intention was to walk away, and then I would have just stayed at home with Susan. How much damage does Cindy have? Uh, three. Okay. When you say that, I'm going to smile and sort of put my hands on your shoulder. I have a move called Lay on Hands, which is your touch can heal injury and disease. So when I lay my hands on someone hurt, I roll plus cool. That is a seven. On a seven to nine, I heal the harm or illness for two harm, uh, but I do take it into myself. So I heal two of your harm points and mark them on myself. I think I sort of just put my hand on your shoulder as we're getting ready to move away and I sort of nod and you can see me wince a little bit, but I'm sort of masking it with a like, alrighty then, after you. So yeah, y'all go in the same marching order that we had before. As we walk, I would sort of like to hold my sword up above my head, like to illuminate the corridor a bit, just so we have a little bit more visibility. Since you're actually in the front, Lamar, um, with the aid of the like angelic light emitting from the sword, if you want to give me a read a bad situation roll, I'll give you an additional plus one on it since um, you do definitely have enough light to see eight so you can choose one off of the read a bad situation list the definition of victims is quite broad we are all victims so there is something very bad i'm about to see what's the best way to protect all of us the best way to protect all of you is as you start to like get closer and like the and it sounds like they're saying your name um at like at a more rapid interval they? you they singular is they plural uh, well, the thing that you, it sounds like there might be multiple things in there, but the reason why you're starting to really notice something about this, you recognize the voice of your little brother. I, I stop in my tracks. Yeah, you, you, you hear it, and uh, but there's like some more like scraping and stuff like that. And the best way to protect uh, yourselves is like you kind of uh, start to put together in your head, like with your kind of crooked lifestyle, you, you're always like looking out for yourself. The only person you ever really cared about is your little brother. And then over time, you know, just as all siblings, you grow up, you kind of go on your own path. You just started to hear less and less from your brother until you got the calls that like he was on to something. He had figured something out and you he kind of went you know, radio silence on you for pro- you know at least a year until you started searching for him, and that's when you got on the trail of the little drummer boys. And whenever all of you actually found Lamar, he told you this later. Um, the body that like he was trying to protect in those sewers was the body of his little brother, because um, that's you know was the last place that his GPS signal had been found. And so Lamar had gone searching in the sewers for weeks on end, like you know taking deep dives in there and coming back up for supplies. Uh, you know eventually finding out about the, a lot about the little drummer boys but um that's how i know that there are good sewers and bad sewers <laughs> mm-hmm. um but you it. now kind of put it together that you don't really know if that was your brother's body and you are kind of worried that your little brother um maybe didn't stumble upon something but he created something i I'm I'm stopped in my tracks and I I look back and I see this group that's behind me and I'm kind of torn for a second because I because of what I know because of what this could mean and I um I put I pull out my shotgun and I start moving forward at a jog I'm going for my brother Uh, you see Lamar like you see him pull out the shotgun and like march forward with determination 
As I said before, every time you've, uh, you've encountered Little German Boys, they've always seemed like just be very chaotic in nature and just more about just, you know, just committing like acts of violence and just like giving it into like their, their most basic desires. But as Lamar makes around the corner, it's an eerie sight. You just see five Little Drummer Boys standing at like at attention almost. And then at this just cobbled together shrine of like, you know, just trash and old guarded pipes is a throne. And on top of it sits the most humanoid looking little drummer boy any of you have ever seen and Lamar you do recognize it as your little brother does my little brother seem like capable of human speech what's scary to you is you walk around and you've never actually seen any of the little drummer boys like make a lot of the noises you hear them from a distance but usually it's just that but what you're actually seeing um, the way he's saying Lamar is he's actually scraping his knife hands on the ground the vibration that he's creating from that is actually how um, it's saying Lamar and as soon as you walk in like he just meets eyes with you and there's just like one final Lamar scrape across the concrete in front of him so I've got a move called Notorious which allows me to reveal who I am and allows me to manipulate others at a cost and I say you know what I've seen little brother you know what I've done to get here and all the while I'm, I'm marching past almost like I'm strong arming my way to his throne with my words I'm like I sacrificed everything for you I searched for you for weeks what the hell do you think you've done I mourn for you and at this point I think I'm really close to him right yeah all like you're walking forward and like with every step you're like looking to see if the little drummer boys that were seeing an attention like move and like they're just like guarding that fucking the Queen's Palace like like you know still have I managed to like go past them to where I'm standing next to my brother now I'm looking him in the eyes I'd say you're like a good five feet in front of your brother who has just kind of like he's still sitting on his makeshift throne and like but he's like kind of slouched in it and like his eyes have just like stayed on you the entire time and it doesn't really seem like he's like making any kind of move whatsoever so you're definitely within five feet of him when I'm standing within let's say three feet I stop I look down I look up again and I say I ain't gonna mourn no more. And I pull and I uh, blast him with the shotgun. Well, let's do two things. So first, you're gonna give me that first roll for your um, expose yourself roll, and then we're gonna follow that up with some kicks and ass. But I wanna see how the manipulate roll kinda goes, and then we'll uh, just let that kinda decide what bonuses you get. Rodney feels so awkward. <laughs> he's, he's just like kind of looking around. Yeah. Like, I would really like to deal with like, my own family she, stuff. Cindy looks so proud, like standing up for himself. Good and job. And the expose yourself roll, it is a counting all bonuses. Counting this emotional moment, it is a two. Oh no! Alright, so you're gonna roll to kick some ass and you're gonna get an additional minus one to your roll. Mark an experience because you definitely know that you just let yourself out there and gave this heartfelt thing. And your little brother's eyes are definitely it's the it's his eyes, but they're staring black at you blank and dead, even though they're they have like life coursing through its veins. Like you know one hundred percent nothing you said got through this. Your little brother is gone. That is a seven. What's the harm on the shotgun? Three. Yeah, you pull out your shotgun and blast it. And as we said before, like, you definitely want to try to cut off their hands. That's their weak point. So you blast it, and sure enough, it takes a buckshot in its chest, and it's just bleeding. But as soon as that happens, like, you get two little drummer board knives, like, in your stomach. Um, and these are a bit larger than the other one, so you're going to go ahead and take two harm. 
Can I do something dope that might backfire? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I also want to kind of roll two moves into one here. Perfect. I have a move that I don't have to roll for called Angel Wings. You can go instantly to anywhere you visited before or to a person you know well. So what I want to do narratively is I want to use my Angel Wings move and the second I see this start to happen, I understand like this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. This was a terrible idea. Like he's a human. I know that they have some variable abilities here, but this this will not go well. I know that. And so I like make as if to move in a beam of light. I warp across the room essentially, mm-hmm. ending up right in front of Lamar. And then I'd like to roll to protect someone. Okay, yeah, roll it. That is a nine plus two, 11. You teleport, like, so the shotgun blast goes off and Lamar, like, you kind of like are expecting to get stabbed because you've definitely dealt with little drummer boys enough that you've been stabbed a lot. But the shotgun blast goes off and then like you close your eyes uh, ready for the blast and then you just feel like the the back of Ezra's shirt like right up on your face you all see like two knives like go digging in um because you got that you get to pretty much just take no harm because you have your minus one on your own and then you have the minus one from the uh the 10 yeah my voice muffled by Ezra's shirt I say (laughs) thanks Ezra yeah yeah you say Ezra protects Lamar and as soon as this happens the five little drummer boys like all let out like a shriek and like turn the setup of this room is a real like just cool looking source so there's like a lot of water around and then there's a grate leading to the back area where they built this throne so the drummer boys were standing about ankle to calf high in some like sewage water and you were all like on this great walking towards Lamar's little brother. And so the five like turn at you are now starting to like run in. So what are y'all going to do? How many of these little little boys would cast out evil count against? What is cast out evil? You may banish an unnatural creature from your presence. Go to your room. So yeah, just actually give me a roll and then we're going to kind of see how well you do. That would be an 11. Um, Jesus. On a 10 plus, it is banished. How do you do that? Like, what does it look like for you to do that move? Essentially, all it does is just make them go away. They are unharmed. I have no control over where they go and what they do afterwards. It's just they aren't here anymore. She just points at them. She's like, now, can't you all see that this here is a private moment and y'all are interrupting? You need to get out of here right now. Go on, get, we will get to you later. Yeah, as you say that, and they all kind of like look a little confused and you give like one final, go on. And then as soon as Cindy says that, like you just see all five of these little drummer boys just like a poof and they're gone. Cindy just fucking sent them to their rooms. And and then now all there is is the one alpha little drummer boy, Lamar's little brother. What is Rodney going to do? Um, I have a move called Occult Confidential, where the first time in each mystery that I observe a monster, minion, or phenomenon in action, I can ask one question off the investigate a mystery list. I guess that means the first, when I see a monster for the first time. It it is definitely like a different little drummer boy you've ever seen. So we're go. I'll go ahead and give you that. So go ahead and ask your question on investigate a mystery. I wanted to ask, um, what is being concealed here? To see if we're missing anything, because it's like the other questions are like, "How can I hurt it?" It's like, "Well, we want to cut its hands off." That seems pretty obvious. But what <laughs> was your little brother's name? Jackie. You're a good detective. You're good with people, but you're never really great with the research. And a lot of times, what happens to you is you have a lot of shower moments. And what that means is shit. Like you're just trying to fucking do something all day, and you can't do it. Like you can't figure out for the life of you. And then you just say fuck it, and you walk away, and you like go have a beer, take a shower, and it's just like boom, it fucking clicks. All of the pages and all of the notes 
they were they were logs. They were from Jackie. You realized that like this wasn't a place that Jackie came to after they turned. This was Jackie's base of operations. There was other people working for them. And mm -hmm. you realize like it's it's a weird thing because you start to like remember some like notes that you saw in there where at first it was like notes about discovery and and theories on things like that but then as the notes started going on deeper and deeper in a lot of the journals you found the, all the cryptic messages they start to kind of make sense like Jackie didn't create what he is Jackie chose to become this for something else there was another purpose that Jackie always alluded to, and in the few bits of the notes you saw, you didn't really put together what that purpose was. What's being hidden here is like, this was a choice. What Jackie is, is purposeful. Even though this was the base of operations, you saw notes from like different maps all over, but everything pointed back to Waukegan, Illinois, where you all live. And so what's being concealed here is like, there's definitely something more than just Lamar's little brother has become a monster. It was in the service of something. Yeah. Or someone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna kind of. This seems very personal. So as far as unless I need to, I don't. You know, you don't, you don't really hold your action in Monster of the Week. I'm not gonna shoot or anything. I'm gonna kind of let them. Okay. <laughs> talk this out or whatever. And then we'll go back to kind of the top. Uh, like especially because like you know Jackie tried to shove the blades into Lamar and Ezra as blocking. So um, Ezra. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think kind of what I'm envisioning is I appeared in this blinding flash of divine light. Cindy turns around, banishes the creatures. Everything is kind of like shocking. We turn back to where we are and Jackie is still standing there with like knives embedded in my torso. And we're all just kind of like, none of this has gone the way we expected. <laughs> I have a very weird idea. Okay, go for it. Yeah, get yeah, your take... granola bars out. <laughs> my face is currently buried in the back of uh -huh. your shirt. Yep. I just kind of like lean out and I have my shotgun. <laughs> They're buried. The hands I am are your buried. holy armor now. The hands are buried in your torso. I could just blow off his arms from here. Yeah. Do it. Use me as a not quite human shield. Yeah, roll, roll, uh, kick some ass and you'll get a plus one because you're using Ezra as a not quite human shield, as a celestial Wait, so shield. <laughs> so if you fail and damage is exchanged, does that come Ezra's going to gonna take the damage. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Um,. I got a four. Sorry. <laughs> no. Ezra, you're just like, all right, so no matter what. Oh, shit. Because you're trying to tell Lamar not to shoot you. And Lamar is like, hold on, I got to load the shotgun. And Lamar just shoots the shotgun into your leg. And you're going to take three harm. Ooh, God. Even though you have, like, the divine armor, like, you know, that mm -hmm. only protects from one, like, you just got, like, you know, shotgun shells <laughs> in the leg from point blank. And so, like, Ezra is now, like, down on the ground, like, really in pain and i am unstable now just so you know lamar trigger discipline how many times like i tell you lamar you have a split second to act it does look like there are two knives now coming straight for your throat i still got the nunchucks up my side right yeah i remove one of my hands from the shotgun and i whip out the child chucks and hope something good happens all right act under pressure roll plus cool and i'm gonna go ahead and also give you a negative one since what just happened <laughs> 
So that's a seven? All right, so this is what's gonna happen. Is like, you're just like freaking out. You see these knives coming for you and you're just like, shit, 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 shit. And you pull out the your nunchucks. You just swing them wildly. You feel two knives bear down into your chest. You're gonna take three harm and you fall back. And as you do that, you actually slice off the hands of your little brother and they're embedded in your chest as you fall back on the ground. Because of the sound that, that his, his hands make against like solid objects, mm-hmm. When he buries it and it scrapes against my ribcage, does it sound like he's saying Lamar? Uh, it sounds like he says, uh, that's my Game Boy. I scream out, motherfucker, it was my Game Boy! Ah! This little drummer boy being like the alpha is larger than all the other little drummer boys you see. So the amount of like blood that it spews out from like its wrist is just, it's just covering Ezra and Lamar as they're on the ground. Cool. Oh my, that's gonna take forever to wash The body out. just kind of slumps over and like falls off the grate and just like floats in the ankle deep water. As you lay that final blow and you know, it seems like it's bleeding out, you start to hear the screams of what can only sound like thousands of little drummer boys, but this isn't the scream of like their battle cry. It sounds like this was like their home and killing uh, this alpha has just, has killed the whole line down. Rodney's trying to be like sensitive. But he also runs down and is taking a lot of pictures. And like, <laughs> is everyone okay? Is everyone step 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 step? step? Okay, just want to make. Does anyone need any healing? Step 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 step. I'm like, I'm like putting my hand on Lamar's shoulder. Like I'm so sorry. With as I turn and like look into the camera and I'm like taking more pictures of, of the bodies. Yeah, you, and, you put your hand on his shoulder and pick it back up because like, oh, that's a lot of blood. Oh yeah, my god. Oh, and I like wipe so yeah, and Ezra, Ezra and Lamar are just like. Yeah, it's just like an evil dead two level amount of blood, like just everywhere. Well, I'm glad I brought towels for the van. Yeah, it does seem like you all were successful. Like you killed this alpha of the, of these monsters and, and you know, it sent a ripple effect down the line of them and, and you've saved the day from any future little drummer boy incidents. I kind of do that thing like in cartoons, you know, where they like spit out like a fountain. I just kind of, I just kind of slowly let out a stream of just the blood that was dumped on me and in me. And that's really gross, dear. <laughs> I don't like it either, Cindy. Well, oh. I'll go fetch the towels. Generally, you're, you're, you know, it is tradition after a completed mission. Everyone goes back to Ed Minions. They get some food, have some drinks, and just kind of swap stories about it. But it's also just a really cathartic thing at the end of a long fucked up thing. Y'all, you know, make your way back up in the warehouse. It really does seem like there's no presence of little drummer boys. You see a few extra dead ones that you hadn't noticed before. Make your way to Cindy's van. You all try to get in and she just stops. She's like, you know the rules. And she just hands you towels. <laughs> I'm already putting down the tarp in there. She definitely has like a plastic covering that's usually intended for like transporting animals, but in this case, you know, it's blood-soaked hunters. You get in the minivan and you wait. You make your way back to Ed Minions. How are you all feeling? What any thoughts? I'm feeling quiet and covered in blood, Uh, and I did just kill my brother, and also shoot one of my best friends in the leg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that we're best friends. Uh, w- once you exchange gunshots, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once somebody takes a knife stab for you and you re- in exchange shoot them in the leg, 
That's definitely how best friends are made. Yeah. That's the that's the only good outcome from yeah. that situation. That's my favorite right? buddy comedy trope, you know? There, there are a lot of negatives. That's the one good side. Um, Ezra is unstable, and I think that for a divine being, there's not really a lot you can do in that circumstance, mm-hmm. except sort of wait for the holy healing to kick in. So I've got like a towel tied around my torso. <laughs> also, it's fun too, because y'all, y'all have seen Ezra get unstable before. Like, Ezra has some connection to the divine, you know, realms, obviously, with, uh, mm-hmm. with the use of their power but they can usually control them but then every once in a while like Ezra's wings like pop up and she's like ah damn it and then like and so you 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 all know that you know it's a it's a minivan so there's two seats up front the little two seater half seat and the big seat in the back whatever Ezra's unstable you gotta give them the whole back seat because you will just get keep hitting with their wings I'm like laying across the bench in the very back and like I am sort of in and out of consciousness and I think Lamar is in like the middle row in front of me and occasionally it's just like wing, just like feathers yeah. in Lamar's face and Rodney's just in the front just being like Instagram's gonna fucking flip their shit oh, I'm oh on, I cannot I'm on a cryptid forum arguing already I'm not paying attention to anyone else I'm just on my phone I'm just like yes take that take that take that and people are like oh Wait, is, are these burned children? What the hell? They're not children. They're little drummer boys. I've been saying this for weeks. Someone says, this is a Christian cryptozoology forum. You can't be posting <laughs> things blasting our savior on here. No, no, it's cool. One of my best friends is an angel. <laughs> <laughs> I post the photo with Ezra in it. Yeah, but it's Kermaband. just but it's just Josh Groban throwing up the peace sign. They're like, why the fuck did you send me an early 2000s Josh Groban photo? Stop. Sending me this picture, Josh Groban's not an angel. <laughs> Although a lot of the Christian moms do really like Josh Groban, oh, yeah. especially after that rendition of the prayer. So you guys all make your way back to Ed Minions. Um, and like I said before, it's just, you know, the local hunter hangout. Most of you do stay there. Um, Cindy does have a house outside of there with, you know, her lovely wife and kids. As soon as you get in, Cindy tells the, the back room, like, hey, you know, we got another uh, end of mission special. And so that's just, they're rolling out the feast. They all know your favorite meals. You know, they got... You know, cases of your favorite drinks. Towels do not fix the fact that we're still covered in blood. <laughs> there is just like a little back. It's not like an outhouse, but it is like an outdoor shower area that just has like hoses and a lot of industrial strength cleaners because this is a place that hunters go after missions. So like at 100%, everything down to even like, you know, mechanic hand cleaner to get even the toughest stains off of your skin. Like <laughs> you can go and scrub out all of the uh, little little brother uh, body parts uh, from your hair. C- Cindy's got a change of clothes for everyone like mm-hmm. just just a spare that she keeps around yeah, yeah well, so y'all you. y'all, y'all get cleaned up you, you know you, you you do your healing uh ezra you, you know you you do your prayer stuff to get some mm-hmm. of the healing back so you can if anyone's unstable you can heal enough to like get right below unstable what are each of your favorite meals that you eat after a big mission I think that Ezra doesn't really need like food in the conventional sense, right? But they really, really love root beer floats. I've got a big plate of fries, but I'm not feeling very hungry tonight for obvious reasons. You like are very excited to eat the fries and then you cover them in ketchup and then just kind of stop and they're just like staring and you're just like, oh, bad choice. Can't touch them. Sorry, Cindy. Didn't mean to waste food. That's understandable, dear. You you just relax. You have yourself a nice night, okay? Where's Cindy and uh, Rodney's meals? Cindy's just having like a, a nice little uh, tuna salad sandwich. And then Rodney, what's your meal? Also, what is your uh, bearded dragon eating alongside you in its cowboy hat? I'm eating like a huge, like disgusting hamburger 
that has like a fried egg on it and like bacon and like a big plate of fries. I might steal Lamar's fries if he's not eating them. And I'm feeding my bearded dragon like a little tiny strawberry and kale salad on my shoulder. Perfect. Yeah. So you have that. And actually, so you've all seen like the little beer helmets uh, where you can put two beers in there. Rodney's actually done like a little makeshift to where like the holsters of the beer are a little bit down to where they rest around collarbones on his shoulders. So his bearded dragon can actually wrap around and eat from the side of it. And it's it's a very adorable thing. It doesn't matter how many times you see this, like you love it every time. So Ed Minions is an interesting bar. It's been there forever. No one has ever met Ed Minion. It has just kind of been there. And then like everyone in town, even before, like Cindy was like the first one to kind of find it. And I think it was even like Cindy to kind of turn this place into like a hunter haven over time. And literally it was just a thing of like just a bar that Cindy would go to. And then every once in a while they would, you know, have a busy night and she would go help out, you know, help, you know, give some tips, you know, told the kitchen how to make their food edible, showed people like good cleaning tips. And then eventually, you know, they just started comping all of her meals. And then she started working out of here. But it's always just been kind of like a running joke. No one knows who Ed Minion was. No one knows where the name came from. And there's a lot of weird shit in this. Like in the front, there's this uh, holographic display that was like from a Disney World where, you know, it's just like an entry thing. And Ed like paid a kid to like reprogram with him saying, you know, welcome to Ed Minions. That's the only thing anyone's ever seen is this mysterious figure just like on the front, just like, you have to plug it in, but like whenever it does, it just says on repeat, welcome to Ed Minions, welcome to Ed Minions. There's like a door that no one has ever been able to open. It's literally referred to the door in the stone because like locksmiths in the area, strongmen, people have always just tried to, you know, pry it open. There's like, you know, the plans for the building don't say that anything's past this door. There's theories that the door is just kind of there as a fucking joke. One of the first things I did when I came, first came to Ed Minions is uh, sort of slip the child chucks beneath the thing, trying to open up the, the lock, didn't happen. You know, Cindy's pretty much just tells everyone like, it's, you know, there's no point in doing that, but you know, knock yourself out. It's a good way to keep the kids distracted. It's like, you know, I'll give you a quarter, whoever can open the door kind of thing. <laughs> And so you guys are all sitting there eating and everything seems relatively fine. And then you start to hear from the front, Welcome to Ed Minions. And you, for a fact, Cindy, know that you uh, had that thing unplugged. You have like time and time again told people like, do not, I'm tired of hearing this. Listen, I know it's too heavy to move out of here, but I'm not going to do it. But like you start to hear that uh, going on in the front. Oh, gosh, dang it. Uh, excuse me. Let me, uh, I'm just going to go take care of that real quick. Yeah, uh, she gets up and heads in there. Even though it's like, you know, a glass, like hologram kind of thing, it's pretty simple. It's like you plug it in and out, it just is on or off. Um, and you go to unplug it and it is not plugged in. Mmm. She stops, looks at the plug in her hand, looks at the hologram, and then she goes and stands in front of the hologram. Cindy hears this. Greetings, mighty travelers. It is I, the warrior. I knew that you four would be the ones to finally complete my trials. Cindy hears that on repeat, and all of you hear that, and like you're all very surprised because you've never heard anything except for the fucking welcome to Ed Minion's voice, and it plays again. Greetings, mighty travelers. It is I, the warrior. I knew that you four would be the ones to finally complete my trials. 
Well, wait, does that sound, is that what Ed Minion sounds like? It, it does not sound like him. And the person you see in there does not look like the image that uh, you all supposed was Ed Minion before. What does he look like? The most just generic, heroic, giant, barbarian, just person clad in like armor and weapons. She she turns and like calls out to like the entire bar. All right, who's doing magic now? You know you ain't allowed to be doing that in here. Um, I walk in and I'd like to use if I can occult confidential again because I feel like this is a phenomenon. You remember uh, you started to go through the papers and you saw a lot of things about the trials of the warrior and you started to see Jackie's notes about going on these trials and which ones they had completed and you know different notes and 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 then uh, there's also like some and you can like be looking through the paperwork too and like there's notes from other people from hundreds of years ago dating back like all over the place uh, of just notes of trials of the warrior with my ability and with that in mind which i tell everybody i want to ask off of investigate a mystery what can it do as in, like, how much interaction or can we have with this or how much danger does it represent? I don't really know. You th- literally think the phrase, what can it do? And then how many of you are in, like, this main room now? Have all of you come in there or is it just just the two of you? I think I probably would have stumbled in. I'd, I'd probably come in, but I'd still be, I'd be at the back of the room by the door. None of you hear uh, Rodney, like, say this out loud, but Rodney, as soon as, like, you're touching, you think, what can it do? All of you hear from the other side of the room, the door unlocks. Oh. And it sounds like kind of a muffled voice from behind the door, and it sounds like it's like lower, but you you can't really make out what it what it's saying. That's scary. Well, that's um, that's new. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty well known around here, so um, I'm gonna go over there and uh check and see if Ed's okay. I'll move from my position by the back door and kind of follow Cindy right back up. I got my camera out. You go to open the door and it it opens. And it is so fucking bizarre to you that it opens. It has been. And it just always has seemed like it's flush. There's no way to like break in. There's no, but like you open it, some wooden steps leading down to a basement you did not know that Ed Minions had. Um, Ed? Is that you? After you scream out, Ed, is that you? Do you hear? Now, the four of you must listen because time is short. I need you to take each of the items and stand in these places of power. And you see a light coming from down the steps that seems similar to the light that the hologram in the main room gives off. I put Eugene back in in his terrarium, in his little glass tank. I don't want him to get hurt. And I start going down the stairs. Yeah. I'll follow Rodney. Cindy's going down. And I'll bring up the rear. You all stand down there and once again, you hear... Now, the four of you must listen because time is short. I need you to take each of the items and stand in these places of power. You are very concerned about this. You do look down and there are four circles on the ground. All kind of positioned around this hologram, and it seems to be the same figure that was in the image upstairs. What do the circles look like? They look like they were like etched into the ground. So the floor down here is made of concrete, and it looks like these have been like physically etched into the ground. I look around and I say, items, what what do they mean, items? As soon as you think, what do they mean, items, your sword, because you keep it in the little pocket dimension, Mm -hmm. your sword pops out of the pocket dimension that you 
you have and it falls into your hand Mm -hmm. and you're holding it and the handle of your sword starts to light up. You all see this and uh, Ezra does look a little confused because like it does seem like to you like Ezra has complete control over like sending the sword in and out. Mm -hmm. You've kind of never seen Ezra be surprised when it appears and you also do see the handle of uh, their sword light up. I sort of hold it up in front of myself and and look at it in mystified wonder. Wait, this is um quite strange. I uh huh. I search myself for glowing objects to see if there's anything. <laughs> Uh, as soon as you start to think, like, do I have any glowing objects? The leather strap that you made your child chucks out of starts to glow. In something of a trance, while this is happening, I think I'm sort of looking at the handle, and almost without thinking, I start walking towards one of these circles of light. Same thing for Lamar. I I, I pick up the child chucks, and I'm looking at them, and I... I, I know, I, I made these. These aren't special. These aren't... Yeah, th- these are these. This is a very macabre, horrible weapon. How on earth could this be something more than an improvisational cutting device? And when I stop thinking that, like I'm inside of a circle. I don't think that y'all should be doing that quite yet. We haven't um figured out what these items are. As the two of them step inside the circle, you see the hologram light up again. This final trial will be the hardest of them all. Everything leading up to this was just training to make sure you were ready. But I'd be damned if you all haven't proved yourself time and time again. Well, see, now this is what exactly what I'm talking about. I don't hand y'all missions. Everybody knows this about Cindy. She is very meticulous about her note keeping and bookkeeping. She knows where every penny that comes in and out. She makes sure people get paid on time. And there's always one notebook that she's particular about. It's the first ledger she ever had. And as soon as you start to say, like, giving out missions, the notebook appears in your hand. It flips to the very last page, which is a blank piece of paper that Cindy has been keeping for a very secret and special reason. Now, I'm beginning to suspect that this thing might actually know some things about us. Yeah, um, there's something I was going to talk to y'all about after all the- Oh dear, I'm in a circle. Rodney, what are you doing? I think for a second, and I look in my uh, pants pocket where I keep a keychain. And I take it out. Is that glowing or is it something else? Uh, There's definitely a keychain glowing. You all know about this about Rodney. You know, he's not the sharpest and sometimes has a hard time with people, but like definitely hates being swindled. And it's because when he was younger, he bought like what was supposed to be a prop gun from like his favorite like sci-fi movie set. And then, you know, saved up his allowance for forever for it. And then got what he's holding now is just a shitty just keychain of just a gun it's not even like a sci-fi gun Uh, but he's kept it because it's kind of like it helped form the code of like always looking out for the downtrodden Mm -hmm. that rodney has but rodney what you notice about that is the the handle of the gun itself is glowing but the rest of it seems not to be and the same thing with the parchment page for cindy's papers uh emitting the same glow i hold the gun as if it was a real gun even though it's a (laughs) shitty keychain and I, I walk up. You step in this circle, and as all four of you are now in it, the circles light up around you, and you hear. Now that you're all in position with your items, you are ready. And just remember, the fate of the worlds are in your hands now. A light flashes in front of all of your eyes. <laughs> Rodney, you get your vision back and you are just like trying to see what's around you. And then the three circles next to you have people that you do not recognize in it. 
And you here? Now that you've finished your tasks and made the warrior's sacrifice, you can rest. I know this wasn't easy. You're all true heroes. Now go. Live out the rest of your days knowing you've saved the world. you Rodney in place of where your three companions were you now see three strangers first off you see Charlie tell Rodney what you look like I guess before you you see a, a guy that's uh, sort of an average height dark hair a little bit weird he's dressed in like old Victorian style clothes okay got a pair of glasses on and he looks really scared maybe like he just got done crying and uh, sweaty I look scared and sweaty too probably but I don't think I look like I was crying. Ron, say what you look like. Before you, you see a older than middle-aged man, a little little rounder in the gut area, uh, wearing a uh, a barbecue apron, big cargo shorts that are you know maybe three four sizes too big for his already large frame, uh, socks, sandals, mm-hmm. of course, and very very confused, definitely looking for someone that he doesn't that used to be right in front of him. Monty, explain what you look like. Uh, Monty is wearing like a very long, drapey green poncho. It's very dark, got that olive drab tone. He's got some boots with about a thousand straps on them, like the bad guy, the old guy in the original Home Alone, so the man with the shovel. Furthermore, he does kind of look like that. He is kind of got a Crypt Keeper vibe to him. He's sort of the dude who's in the corner of every tavern, has like the shadows just draping over him, and he is absolutely putrid. The four of you now find yourselves in the basement of Ed Minions, and there is one of those like thin glass uh, displays in front of you, a video display thing, and the basement seems just like a kind of an old, danky basement of a bar. Everyone but Rodney, this is uh, does not look like where you came from. Okay, uh, the f- first thing I would say is, uh, uh, Joel, who is standing where uh, Wynn was standing before? Where Charlie is standing is where Wynn was, next okay. to you. Uh, so the the very first thing I do is is go right up to Charlie and say, uh, uh, "Excuse me, there, uh, sir. Uh, sir uh, what the heck did you do with my beautiful boy, Wynn?" I I I I don't think I did anything. I put, I had a I had a thing. It glowed. I put it in the circle, and yeah, I I don't even know where I am. Do you? Where am I? Where are we? Oh, I'm just hot under the collar right here. I just need a sec. I just need a... I'm going to take a lap. Just take a little lap. I'm going to just... <laughs> I kind of put my hands out. One of them still has the tiny gun in it. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, we're in... We're in... You, you guys are in Waukegan, Illinois. Oh, my God. Thank you, Dorothy. We're in Waukegan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure what's going on, and I want to use a cult confidential. I can ask a question off Investigate a Mystery. Okay. Well, can I just ask what happened here? So you're trying to figure out what's happened here, 
and in all of your crypto research and time like that, you definitely think that this is some kind of like teleportation swap out and stuff like that because you stayed with your glowing item and you saw that everybody else was also kind of holding something but it's not the items that your companions had and so it seems like it definitely has something to do with the items that you all were holding as you stepped into these circles okay uh what is the room that we're like in i'm looking for like a exit entrance sort of just like general general vibe i guess of the room so this is a basement of a bar so the only entrance and exit is as a doorway at the top of some stairs this basement seems like no one's been in here for easily decades i glance around at the group for a second and as they as, as they have their you know their initial questions of each other i walk towards the door and I open it up uh, at the top of the stairs. Yeah, it opens. Awesome. What what what's there? You see the inside of a bar called Ed Minions. It is an old kind of rundown bar. There are some rooms to rent for extended stay upstairs for travelers and hunters. But the bar itself is a little rundown, but it is a like hunter haven and hangout. People are in there, but not in the bars. Right now, there doesn't seem to be anybody okay. upstairs in the bar. All right. Okay, so we, we, we see you kind of go up the stairs, and, then, and I'm, I'm right after him, pu- almost pushing him out of the way when we get on top, just going, Win, Win, you up here? Oh, where's my boy? And, but, and, but sorry, Joel, when you say, like, hunter, do you mean, like, camo-wearing? No, like, monster hunter. Like, it looks like it's straight out of the show Supernatural. Perfect. Great. Um, and and when I was saying there's nobody upstairs, it's nobody that Monty sees right away. There are some cooks and staff workers, that, but they're, like, all in the back right now. But as far as, like, what Monty sees is there's kind of, like, an open sort of dining area where you first walk in, even though it's not a typical restaurant per se. There's a doorway leading back into the main room, which is the bar itself. But uh, Monty has walked up the stairs into kind of, like, the front room of Edmonians. What are charlie and rodney doing i'm about to follow them because i don't want them to just stomp around the bar but is the the warrior hologram thing is it doing anything it's no longer doing anything once once it said uh what seems to be its last message um after the uh light the beams of light like one um the message is cut off and the machine isn't uh isn't reacting at all even if i like tap it with the gun yeah, nothing. Like trying to get something. Nothing. Well, then I head upstairs to keep an eye on these these people who <laughs> just appeared. I'm worried. I don't know where my friends are. I kind of figured out what's going on. I think they're not dead or anything, but I am a little bit uh, confused. I think Charlie's pretty scared, so uh, he keeps quiet, and he's going to follow up the stairs, but just make as little noise as possible. All right, so yeah, y'all make your way upstairs, and like I said, the first room that you enter in is kind of a dining area, not that formal at all. There's some couches, there's some tables. If you go into the back room, you just see a bar, and the way Ed Minions is set up, you know, it's kind of a uh, serve serve yourself, except for on the weekends, and then there doesn't seem to be any patrons there right now. It just seems to be the four of you. Can, can we serve ourselves? Is it is that situation or is it just like that empty? Like, is there any food right now? Can we eat? I can order stuff if people are trying. I don't, I'm not going to stop people if they're trying to get food or whatever. I don't care. I'm more like, where are my friends? Yeah, I'm, have- I'm on my way. I go get food. Um, I try to go get food. From the yeah, kitchen. there's some uh, kitchen workers in the back that ask uh, where, where Cindy is. They say that normally she she's the one putting in the orders. I, I say Cindy's on break. 
And they go, okay, yeah. What, do you, what, 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 what can we get you? You look, you look like you've been through some, uh, through some, some hell out there, Hunter. I go chicken, chicken and and pasta. Oh, okay. And well, ba- with basil. Do you want like a basil chicken pasta, or you? Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> Not so too great. heavy. Oh, okay. Yeah. This. I guess we'll. I guess we got that. Sure. So we'll we'll have that out to you in a minute. Does anyone else need anything? Well, you know, while we're whipping this up. I make like no visible reaction and just turn and walk away. I get some whiskey. Um, I need a drink. I just get some whiskey on the rocks, just like bottom shelf. I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? What are Ron and Charlie doing as Rodney and and Monty serve themselves? I'm going to just start saying, so whose dang place is this? Who who knows where we are and what's happening? Because I'll tell you. Oh, jeez, I'm just having a little bit of a, like, it's not a, it's not a panic attack, but I'm breathing heavy. Who's, whose place is this? I, I feel you there, man. Um, I walk up to Ron, and I'm like, it's not my place, but I'm kind of, I work out of here. I, I think, I think something happened, and there was some kind of, like, teleportation magic. You mean we were, we were, we were brought here? Yeah, my friends were where y- y'all were standing, so I don't know where they are. Um, huh. I don't know where the people who were with you are. And I don't know how to find that out. Do you, do you know how we can get back? No. Oh. Like, well, you, I you, don't know what happened to all of you, but there was some shit going down where I came from. I was just going to say, we, we got ourselves in a bit of a kerfuffle before we uh, we had my, my three friends disappear. Or I suppose more accurately, I disappeared. They might still be, uh, they might still be where I left them. So where, the stuff that was going on with y'all, was it near where you were teleported or somewhere else? In the background, I stab my knife into the table, and I'm like, where I come from is just like this. Except there's nothing. There's nothing left. Nothing! I just, like, stare at Monty. Yeah. I'm very taken aback. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that, friend. I, I think I get how you feel. I just want to take a couple steps back. <laughs> I, as you say that the knife is like I'm like gripping the knife and it's like going like further into the table and I'm like etching I'm slowly just etching into it Ronnie puts his hands out like please don't damage the table Cindy would be very upset let's, sorry let's, sorry let's, sorry let's, sorry. Um, let's just uh, let's all make sure we got some cool heads here because I'll tell you what when you get frustrated that's when you start making bad decisions so let's all take a deep breath maybe a five count everybody just a couple deep breaths we're gonna figure this out and uh Whew, oh dang. Um, so, so when you say there's nothing left, I was just going to ask him if he meant like post-apocalyptic or, or what was going on. Yes, there was there was nothing. It was, it was yes, what you would call post-apocalyptic. But to me, it's apocalyptic. It happened. There's no, it's Most, not, I'm not, I mean, yes, it already happened. I'm living in, it's, I'm li- I was, li- we were living in history. And then I take the knife back out and I start putting it back into the table again. Ronnie puts his arms oh. out and like, please stop. Please stop. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I suppose that's funny. You know, we always say post-apocalyptic, but, uh, you know, is the apocalypse just the one event or is it the time frame after that one event? It's just, uh, we I never really about thought about that, about that constantly. before. That came up a lot. We, did, we never <laughs> really got to the bottom of it. it oh, it's classic. It's great. Yeah. What I, if you have one apocalypse and then... Everything after that is post-apocalyptic, but then you have another one. Is is there like a mid-apocalyptic like <laughs> section of time? Well, I there? guess my argument was how many personal apocalypses were you having as well? You know, those those could come oh. before, after, and much later after the fact. Fe- Look, I thought there oh. could be many apocalypses. That's 
That was I like my that. argument. Kind of, kind of like the apocalypse of the mind. You know, we each make our own apocalypse. Oh, jeez, you guys are some swell dudes. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll I, I, sh- I shout to the the kitchen. Hey, can I get a burger? You guys do hamburgers <laughs> here? Is this the future? Wait, is this the future? Do you not have cows anymore? I forget where we are. No, I is this uh, say for me? Is it 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I say I say it's 20 it's 2019. I don't know where you're from. We have cows. I had a burger earlier. You're good. Was was I in 2019, Joe? Yeah. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, give me a hamburger. A little mayo on it. Thanks. Yeah, you hear someone uh, call from the back. Like, all right, one, one hamburger coming up. May- mayo. Okay, we want some mayo on it. <laughs> Thank you. I think Charlie is is sort of visibly frustrated and anxious, and he's got a cane in his hands, and he's just sort of like holding it real close to him, and then just like fiddling with a a, a little sort of bobble on the top of it. Ooh. As y'all are kind of sitting there waiting for your food to come um, and, and fidgeting with your things, Rodney, you you get a text message from uh, one of your cryptid friends, Mothman Weed Lord. Okay, that's what I you get a text from your friend Mothman Weed Lord 420 responding to uh, your post of the pictures of the little drummer boys. You've traded stuff with him throughout the years on forums, and he actually tells you he's uh, passing through Waukegan right now and would love to see uh, like these pictures in person. Okay, I know him pretty well, right? Yeah. He's not just someone. Yeah, I tell him to come by the bar. Great, yes. Although they're all, are all just digital pictures yeah but he, he but you know he just wants to he, he wants to like get a scoop on the evidence and you know it's it's convenient that he's in in town to come check it out and you know mothman weed lord 420 says that uh he'll be by there probably about like 10 to 15 minutes my username on stuff is just like lizard guy that's what he knows <laughs> me as i have a bearded dragon that i love and i go to reptile conventions um, what's everyone else doing uh, in, in the meantime while while this is happening? About like, you know, I'd say about seven minutes later, Monty gets his uh, basil chicken pasta. And about two or three minutes after that, Ron gets his burger. Monty just eats the chicken out of the pasta. Doesn't eat any <laughs> out of the pasta. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a cook just staring at you through the, uh, through the pickup window. And as, he, as he's staring at me, eventually while I'm eating, I, can, I just look right at him. And we lock eyes, and it's it's painful. I would say definitely like mid bite. You know, now that I've I've gotten to know people a small amount amount, but I I'd go to kind of a Charlie and just be like, well, so what's your deal? That's a cool cane. Yeah, it's not it's it's not really mine, and this isn't really my outfit. It's just it's something I was, I guess, I was wearing from a thing that we did. Then, then wh- it's a long story. Then, then who are you? I mean, my my name's Charlie Clement. I'm a I'm an accountant. Um, but I can't really tell you who I work for. But we, um, you were teleported, and our friends were teleported away, and you can't tell us who you work for. Yeah, we, we're not even like we're doesn't to- even seem like we're in your universe. Well, I mean, I'm from Waukegan, so. Right, it, I'm you know still in the same. But I just I just thing. think you should trust us. <laughs> hey, hey now, friend, trust is an earned thing. All right, we we all just met each other. Like we should uh, allow each other each uh, uh, personal secrets, personal space. That old chart, you'll get there. And you know, uh, I'll tell you what. If you don't want to tell us, that's that's uh, your decision. <laughs> <laughs> I ask um, Charlie and Monty what year it is for them. If it's also 2019 for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely 2019. You know, I'm not from too far from here, so if we were teleported, it 
couldn't have been that far. Okay. And what about mm. Monty? I'm from t- 2019. Not Ooh, your oh. 2019, obviously. Obviously, yes. Not apocalyptic. We still have chickens. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a community, but it's, yes, it's apocalyptic. Yes. Most of the buildings have been blown up. Oh. What's the address of the places y'all, the place that y'all were at? Everybody's address is uh, 6605 Harrison Drive. Oh. We all say that creepily in unison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Shit. Oh. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of looking around. I, I think, uh, like, I, I want to make it seem like I understand. Uh, so I'm saying, oh, and looking around, even though I clearly do not understand. Charlie's trying to change his therapy appointment from next week to this week. <laughs> Is it going through when you, when he tries to make the appointment? Charlie's trying to trying to use his phone, um, and it's and it's it's not connecting to any kind of signal or anything. Hmm. Uh, huh. is, are you guys any of you getting any service? I'm I'm not really connected to anything. I am. My my friend Mothman Weedlord420 is going to come over for a bit, so I can show him some cryptid pictures, and I can oh. ask him up if he knows anything about interdimensional travel. He might. Oh yeah, I don't even think. Uh, you know my my kid. My kid gave me a cell phone. I didn't ever carry it on me though. Can't use can't use the darn thing. Um, okay. So are we talking about like different universes? And this is Waukegan, but not in my Waukegan? <laughs> not in my Waukegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, that makes me sound like a bigot and I wanna be open minded. <laughs> I think we all have different Waukegans. Right, that's what I was saying, in not a racist way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and we all—I I assume we all want to get back to our respective Waukegans. Or, Monty, do you want to go back to uh, your respective? Mon- yeah, Monty f- kind of freaks out when he like realizes that like it's like a perfect match. I want to read a bad situation. Do it. That's a, a four. Uh, Monty has uh, has just kind of like a panic attack because um, he realizes that like he just ate all the chicken and none of the noodles. And, uh, and, you know, I think that, uh, that, and also realizing they're probably from a different universe and their universe is doomed also probably has a little bit to do with it, but they definitely do have a nice little panic attack because they feel bad about only eating the chicken. There's no meat in my dimension, so. Rodney notices this and thinks it's just about not eating the noodles. And I was like, are you gonna, you gonna eat those? I can eat those. I'm still kind of hungry. I'll eat it. And I, I just to... like pace away, like pace away, like grabbing my head and like, like kind of like freaking out and having like a, like, just like a, like a, what the fuck is going on right this moment? Okay. I don't need it then. At this, Charlie sort of walks over to Monty and reaches into his backpack and hands him a stress ball. It's like, Hey, um, I get, I get, I get these a lot. Um, this, this might help if you want. Ron is going to uh, immediately go right back downstairs. Uh, I'm going to try to go to that area that we warped and just kind of jump on it like i'm going to use like just any sort of monkey power that i have to try to get it working again yeah so you're jumping on it uh uh, ron give me a weird roll uh that right there is a seven you start to jump on it and nothing seems to happen but on your final like jump you just slam your feet down and the knife that you had put back since you were teleported in falls down again, and you see uh, the blade of it is is faintly glowing for a second, and then and then it dissipates. Oh, uh, well then, let me in- investigate a mystery. 
and I'm going to pick up that knife and look at it. I'm going to roll a uh, not a good number. <laughs> I, I, I rolled a six, so I can't do anything. So I look at my glowing knife. You start to uh, look at it, and then like you're looking at it from every angle possible, and at one point you turn the blade, and you catch the reflection of uh, Essie behind you. Hush! And, and I turn around. She is not there. She is not behind me. No, but you did catch a glimpse of her, and so you're definitely uh, pretty spooked. Hey, hey, gang! There's some there's some weird voodoo happening down here. I'm not happy with this. I come. To, I, I walk down. Yeah, What's up? I think Charlie goes down, too. I'm, I'm about ten yards behind him. Okay, I'll just say, I started jumping on the thing to try to get back to my world, and my knife started glowing, uh, and I looked at my knife, and I saw my wife. And my wife, uh, who I, by the way, have not seen in quite uh, a long time, she was behind me, but then I looked around behind me, and she was not behind me. Um, I don't, uh, it, does your world have ghosts? We do have ghosts. I, I'm, I might know somebody that could help you with this, if it's ghosts you're looking for. Um, I, I saw I saw my my wife who I haven't seen in many years and uh, then I turned around she wasn't there only explanation that's ghosts yeah let me um let me let me try something and I think uh, Charlie puts down his cane um, he takes his glasses off and you see his eyes sort of turn dark gray for a second and he closes his eyes he's very still for a little bit and then he sort of opens them. And a big, goofy grin sort of creeps across his face, and uh, he turns to uh, turns to Ron and says, "August Fletcher, at your service. I heard you were in need of a ghost." Does do his eyes still look? Yeah. Do your eyes still look weird? I uh, I'm trying to be smooth about it. Ronnie takes out a little camera, and I'm like recording. <laughs> um. I think I, I think August sees this, and. Uh, is sort of enjoying it, so he's sort of like making sure like he's posed real nice. For okay, the then I'm just straight up like, okay, this is definitely going on the forums. All right, there we go. Yeah, I'm rec- yeah. Whenever anything weird happens, I'm gonna have a camera out unless someone yells at me. August winks at the camera. Cool. Uh, nice to meet you all, August Fletcher. Uh, you were looking for a ghost. I happen to be one. Uh, you've met my associate Charlie. He's sort of my vehicle friend. Sure. Uh, the conduit. You mentioned you saw your wife that you hadn't seen in quite a bit. You're just going to have to uh, run, run like, uh, kind of lifts up his, his big glasses and puts his, his fingers, like, on the bridge of his nose. It's like, you just got to give me, like, like five seconds here. Uh, August, was it? August. Like, we, I, I've seen some stuff. I've seen some weird stuff. It just, you know. I am some weird stuff. <laughs> I'm not trying to. Put you down. I just got a little bit that need a little time to adapt here. Just give me a... Okay, so uh, I saw my wife who uh, who disappeared uh, disappeared from, uh, from my world uh, a lo- long time ago. I saw her in the handle of my knife here. This is my... Uh, my I'm, a, I'm a bit of a chef, uh, amateur, but, you know, I'm learning. And uh, uh, I turned around and she wasn't there, but the knife was glowing after I was jumping on the old doodad over here. Do you, do you mind? And I think he reaches out his hand. Uh, can I, may I see it? Oh sure. And and I, I do that thing where I kind of turn it around and and hand him the handle uh, to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself on the blade. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, just you know, be careful. I keep that sucker pretty dang sharp. Well, you hurt yourself worth with the doll knife, so I I thank you for that. If I can through the knife, 
as a spooky, one of my moves is the sight, and uh, I can see the invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. You may communicate and maybe even make deals with spirits that you see, um, and they might give you opportunities to spot clues when you investigate a mystery. So I'd like to investigate a mystery and see if I can use the sight to using this knife, yeah. um, try to make contact with uh, with Ron's wife. Hell yeah. That'd be a nine. I guess that would just mean you probably get an extra choice is how I'm going to play that. So okay. since you got a, a nine, you're going to hold two instead of one. Uh, I'd like to ask what is being concealed here and where did it go? So you're trying to look through the knife and use that sight. And you can tell that this blade, it has immense power. What you're looking for is something that's kind of lost between worlds right now. Because it kind of seems like Ron's wife, like the spirit of her, isn't just here. But it also seems like it's in it's in two other places uh, on top of here. So um, it seems like that's kind of why her spirit left momentarily. But it was um, because of this knife and the power that it holds that like Ron was able to like look into it and see her. I'm going to sort of relay that to Ron um, and turn to Rodney and be like, you mentioned that you think that there's multiple dimensions in this space, correct? Yes. I think that your wife, Ron, might be in a couple of them. It seems like the key might be this knife. Uh, Ron, Ron is is very quiet uh, and and very much trying to hold back some some big some big old teardrops. Just uh, just uh, you you're telling me that uh that, that my my se might be around here somewhere. Here, there, it's hard to say. She's definitely somewhere. As y'all are having this conversation, Rodney, you hear um, the front door open to the front of Ed Minions upstairs. Monty, are you just kind of at the top of the steps, or uh, are you down there with them? Yeah, I'm at the top of the steps, and I'm going to try to summon a beast, uh, like, like beasts inside of the room with them. Well, I'm just starting to go up the stairs to see if my friend's here. So, uh, that's a 10. So where are you trying to summon that, like down there with... I'm trying to block them. Okay, yeah, so Monty is at the top of the stairs, and you see him just kind of like reach his hand out as Rodney noticed, like here's the, the front door open. And there's just like this, it looks like just a panther that is just made of just like some void. Just appears on the stairs and it's facing down at the three of you with its like arch, like with its back arched up. Can we tell that Monty summoned it? Yeah. Um, so I still have the, the camera out. I reach into, somehow I just kind of reach and I pull out a giant magnum, like a huge handgun, and I want to use a cult confidential again. Okay. Um, wow, I thought I was spooky. <laughs> I'm going to ask, what sort of creature is it? You have never come across anything exactly like this because, like, it seems to have a, like, physical form, but it is just, like... You really can't, you've never seen like anything like the kind of energy that is comprising this creature in front of you. And it just kind of seems evil incarnate. Uh, I say, what the hell? And I look at Monty. Uh, and I don't hesitate. I order it to attack. All right. So, oh, so act under pressure, Rodney. Okay. Roll plus cool. Oh, Rodney's not very cool. 
Wait, and this is happening upstairs? So this is happening so, at the top. So you all are in the basement at the bottom of the steps. Monty was at the top of the steps in the basement. So this is like, you're right next to this. Great silhouette situation going on. Yeah. Uh, I got a six plus zero. Rodney gets tackled by uh, this void panther as it starts trying to attack uh, Rodney. And Rodney's not going to take any harm right now, but Rodney's gun did get knocked out of his hand as he's wrestling it. But you still have the camera. Still have the camera. Yes, you do still have the camera. Uh, what are Ron and August doing? I think August is trying to figure out if this panther is some sort of phenomenon that's close to what he is. Is, is there any way that he can determine whether or not this is something close to his own it doesn't seem like this is a makeup. ghost uh at all like you don't have to do any roles like you're not it doesn't seem like this is the same kind of uh like spirit that you are i think before this gets too out of hand just to sort of de-escalate the situation i'd like to use magic if i could and what i want to use is jinx mm -hmm. and i'd like to try to interfere with a monster minion or what a bystander is trying to do i want to just hold the panther basically cool. in place if i can just basically paralyze it so roll to use uh, use magic that'll be an 11. rodney is trying to like hold the panther off and august just like grasps the uh void panther like in midair and it's just immobilized uh, ron what are you doing with the jinx i also get a plus i get to hold two okay. so can i can i choose another one yeah um, I'd like to help a hunter and give them plus one forward, so I'd like to give that to Rodney if I could. Okay, cool. So Rodney, you'll Thank get you. a plus one on your next move. Ron, what are you doing? Uh, I will use one of my uh, one of my mundane powers, which is what could go wrong. Uh, I will charge into immediate danger without hedging my bets. Uh, I can uh, I have two actions because of that, and so I, I guess the the first thing I do is I just uh, I, I will inflict one harm on this void panther as it's being held. I, I guess I still have my 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 big old yeah. knife in my hand, yeah, and so you know I I swipe uh, at the panther's head with my knife, and then I will reduce. I don't well I I can reduce someone's harm, but no one's being harmed by the panther no, currently. No, no. It didn't hurt me. Okay, well then, uh, just for the future, I will take a plus two forward on an act under pressure roll. Great. You went up and dig the knife into the Void Panther, and as soon as you do, the blade lights up again, and the Void Panther just disintegrates in front of you. Monty, what do you do as you see this? You're at the top of the steps, and right on the inside is, uh, yeah. is Mothman. I'm going to create a wall of fire. Uh, or sorry, a wall of lightning in front of them. All right. Fuck. Seven. All right, so you're going to get a little shock back, Monty. You're going to take uh, two harm, but there is now a wall of just, like, lightning bolts just streaking up and down, blocking the stairs as Monty just ducks back into the main room. I run back have to the I kitchen. I missed something here. What is it that we're fighting for? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I think there's something up with Monty. I just wanted to go see my cryptid friend. Um... It was the chicken, wasn't it? <laughs> he didn't like the chicken. Or the table. I take out my little tiny, my little keychain gun. Can I try to, having seen the knife work, can I try to fire that at the electricity wall? I'm not necessarily trying to hurt Monty. I don't know what's happening. You, like, click at it, and nothing comes from the gun itself. But as you're trying to, like, point at the wall, some of the electricity starts to um, get sucked up by the handle of the gun itself. Oh, okay. I'll do that. I'm just going to leave my magnum, magnum on the floor right now. I don't think it's really useful right this second. And what are you, what are you doing, August? I think at this point he's seen the the knife uh, have some sort of effect. He's seen this this little pistol 
uh, have an effect on the lightning. Um, I'm going to bring my bobble, I guess. Uh, I keep a metal sphere, basically, on a pendant around my neck, and I'm just going to kind of hold it over where the lightning is and see if I can do the same thing as the pistol and suck up more of it. You saw Rodney, like, holding out, like, the, the handle of the pistol. So August has a necklace with a little, bo- like, with uh, what looks like to be, like, a, a metal ball at the end, and he is swinging it at the wall of lightning, and every time, like, he's swinging it, it seems like the bobble itself is pulling itself closer to the to the handle of Rodney's toy gun. Rodney, it looks like our tokens here are reacting to each other i think so i'm hoping i can shoot lightning after this but i'm not sure until like an hour ago or whatever this was just a toy and i don't usually have a lot of magic ability so i really don't know what's happening but i'm definitely like recording like trying to move my shitty little camera around to get the best angle on whatever's (laughs) happening well if they're reacting why don't we try bringing them together and see what happens okay i'd like to just sort of bring my sphere over to the gun so you you give me a, a weird roll august that's not gonna do it. Snake eyes. <laughs> oh, so you that was not put meant to be. the two together, and as soon as you do that, all of the lightning that was in that wall um, just like shocks August for two harm as oh, no. as you drop your necklace and the toy gun. And once they fall to the ground, the barrel and everything but the handle of the toy guns like just shatter and the necklace attached to the ball shatter, but it does look like they're now attached to where the the base of it looks like it's actually the pommel of a handle, but it's now attached to to Rodney's handle. So it's one thing. And the wall of lightning is now down. Well, that could have gone better. Can I try to manipulate Monty? Because I, I assume from, from my vantage point, like I can kind of see that Monty is the one that created the So lightning, as soon right? as Monty put up the wall of lightning, he ducked back in to go. I, 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 I like dove off into the kitchen. Yeah, so he dove back it in. Me and I yeah. was like, so I was the like, wall is now away. gone. So you could pursue Monty, but he is now upstairs. I was going to hand August the thing that we have, our formed little stick pommel thing now because i think he'll be better at using it i'm just going to decide to trust him and i'm going to try to run upstairs i think it's worth noting that uh after this lightning sort of shock august looks in pretty rough shape i i have marked unstable all right rodney uh runs his way upstairs what was ron doing before rodney uh, makes his way up there okay uh well then i my my first uh order of business is uh august and uh, I, I have, uh, I, I suppose this isn't something I mentioned uh, when I was describing my character, but I do have a rather large fanny pack. Uh, <laughs> in that fanny pack is all sorts of doodads, uh, including uh, gauze, band-aids, neosporin. So, uh, you know, I go down to August and I go, listen, man, I I know you're kind of a ghost or a, a possessed man or something, but uh, do, do you... Do you need some, like, uh, I got a Band-Aid here, I got some Tylenol or aspirin, depending on if one makes your stomach upset. Do you have a stomach because you're a ghost man? Uh, Charlie has one, and I'm using it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I can can give you a a help out here, Um, and... uh, Oh, well, you've already suffered harm. I don't know. Is is there... I'm trying to look at all of my actions here. Is there a way I can help Charlie's body? To to make him not un- to make Help him uh, stable. Just just uh, I mean like because do you have do you have the the mundane move med kit? I do not have the mundane move. I'm um, here. How about you just you just do this? You give me a, a sharp check and we'll see um, with your doodads what you can. I got I got an eight for. A okay, sharp. so you're able to uh, bandage August up enough to where he can heal one harm. Oh boy. Okay. 
All right. So yeah, we we, we heal. You know, we heal Charlie's body so August can get back in the fight. And I say, well, we listen. If this if this here uh, uh, chicken eating man is gonna is gonna attack us, uh, we I think we got to stop him. Um, I'm I'm up in the kitchen, still, right? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm I'm tackling. I I start trying to. I'm gonna use summon again. But I'm gonna try to get a little bit creative and tell me to stop if it's not possible. <laughs> but I want to <laughs> grab each of the chefs and start turning them into like like void entities. Perfect. That's a twelve. I just want to be clear. The way I'm doing this is I'm holding their heads and I'm screaming into their mouth. Yeah, you come upstairs and you and you find uh, Mothman, Weed Lord, and the uh, remaining members of the kitchen staff and serving staff. You see Mothman, Weed Man's actually the last one to be turned, but he's turned right in front of you as Monty no, is my only Monty is screaming this black energy into his mouth, and you now see they have all transformed into little drummer boys. Oh, I'm f- fucking upset. That's not okay. I was going to show him all the cool footage I got. And as soon as uh, Rodney starts to think I'm fucking upset, um, literally guns start to just rain from the sky all around you. And you are still inside. Everywhere around all of you, you just start to see just every size and type of armament just popping up at, at an alarming rate. Can I, like, grab a rocket launcher? I think everyone else needs to move, too, but I'm, like, pissed off. Yeah, no, there's, like, at, like any any kind of armament you could think of. Like, there, it just seems... It sounds like a cheat code got turned yeah. on. Is that, like... What, mm-hmm. not, okay, all right. Does it seem at all like I could turn my friend back? Or is what, from what I know about Little Drummer Boys, is that not? Um, from what you could kind of put together, especially with how Lamar uh, did kill his little brother, you do not think that this process is reversible. I, I've set them to aggro. They are. Yeah. They're mad, they're mad hostile. I scream and pick up a, a rocket launcher and try to launch it at the kitchen. All right, roll, to, roll tough to kick some ass. Yes. Ooh, that's an eight. You see like the door and it's fun too how you're seeing it because it's like it's that kitchen door like where it can like swing uh swing both ways so it's just like swinging open and close and so like you see like monty turned the last one of them into a little drummer boy and then it swings back and you see the little drummer boy starting to walk towards you and on the final swing you just shoot a fucking rocket into the kitchen so Rodney, you're going to take one harm because you're blown back from, like, the close thing. And then, Monty, you're going to take two harm. Uh, but there, but you now have, like, not not all of Edminion's is destroyed, but there's definitely, like, you know, a giant hole in the back of it where the kitchen was. August and Ron, as you two are downstairs patching up uh, August, you do hear a, um explosion of a, of a rocket-pelled grenade above you. What do you all do? When I screamed beforehand, I was just like, fuck! Also, yeah, and there's also guns uh, dropping everywhere around you all, too. All right. This is, uh, you know, this is a concerning, a weird, weird situation. I think it got a little weirder as uh, out as I'm getting pelted in the head with uh, those look like nine millimeters. Uh, I'm going to run upstairs and see if I can stab someone. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. And I think he takes his cane and pulls it apart, and it's a sword. Yes. Let's go oh, stab him. And then, and then we do a predator handshake. <laughs> <laughs> but but neither of us are very muscular, so it looks a little ridiculous. Yeah. You're, not, you're not a ghost. It's a, it's a ghost in a body, right? I was just imagining. Yes, going, I am in a body. Okay, I was just imagining the arms going straight through each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you you run up. The two of you run upstairs. You see Rodney's uh, 
getting himself off his feet, but that with like a rocket launcher uh, by his side. And there are some. Um, what you now see, Rodney has come in contact with these creatures referred to as little drummer boys, where these are larger than the normal ones you see, because normally little drummer boys are children turned to uh, these monsters. But since these were adults, they are larger and seem like beefier and heavier in stature. But they just large drummer boys. Yeah, they just large have drummer. like very terrifying, wet, leathery skin and like shriveled and rippled and they have knives for hands it seems like their hands have just like formed into a sharpened human flesh they're just sauntering right towards rodney um as ron and august uh come up the stairs oh wow i hate it (laughs) jeez here 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 ghost friend uh okay uh well the uh, the stabbing plan sounded good to me should we give that a try? I, let uh, uh let let's do that. Uh, and so what uh, what I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to to help out uh, my new ghost friend August here by distracting the uh, the drummer boys. Okay. To hopefully give him like an in for for stabbing. Um, and I I have a little uh, I have a uh, a mundane special power called the power of heart and when fighting a monster if i help someone out i don't have to roll plus cool i automatically help as though i rolled a 10 i said perfect so august you're gonna get a plus one at no uh at at no like minus or anything to ron because that's yeah so i'm I'm just gonna kind of like flank the little drummer boys and go you you guys look ridiculous look at me over here you guys are dumb and i don't like you at all Masterfully done. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, think August immediately goes into a very sensitive about their intelligence. Yeah, I, I've imbued them with a lot of vanity. <laughs> <laughs> I yell, watch out for their hands. They're really sharp. <laughs> I think uh, August immediately goes into a fencer's pose, and he's going to kick some ass on the nearest uh, large drummer man. Yeah, so uh, roll, roll tough, and you get an additional plus one because of Ron. Uh, that's going to be an eight. So you run forward and s- stab one of them. And as soon as you, ru- you run the sword just through their belly, you get a good hit on them. Um, and then they just kind of like slice back at you. And like, so you get a slice on the arm for one harm. Mm. And this thing, it does look like it was a sizable hit, but it seems like it's, uh, it's very sturdy. And as you run your blade through it, the handle and pommel stone start to glow. And so does that Ron's blade. How close are my new friends to the little drummer boys? They're standing uh, right next to it, but keep in mind, there's not just the rocket launcher in arm's reach of you. Uh, yeah, I'll get like a, a normal gun. I'll look for like a magnum, similar to mine, or like a really powerful handgun. Hey, hey, Rodney, if you could not shoot another grenade into the kitchen while we're in here, we would really, I mean, you know, you do what you do. I'm just trying to help and give you some advice here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Don't worry. I'm very mad, but I'm not trying to kill y'all too. Um, no, I think the grenades have style. <laughs> so as I just rolled a kick some yeah. ass. Seven. All right, yeah, so you, the one that August had just run uh, a sword through, you just blow its head off with a, uh, with a magnum that you pick up off the ground. And Monty, what are you doing? Uh, Monty walks out of the kitchen and, like, storms out. Half his body is just, like, burnt to a crisp from the rocket-propelled grenade. And he walks up. And he looks over at August, and his eyes go like a black, dark void, and he d- shoots a lightning blast at you. I say it rolled to use magic. All right. 
right, and that's a twelve. Okay, so then August, you give me an act under pressure roll to see if you can avoid any of this hit. It is going to be a big ass hit, so that's an eight. What would that damage supposed to be? Two harm, and then plus one uh, harm messy. So you're just gonna you're you'll only take two harm since you can kind of get out of the way a little bit. But August does take a lightning blast, sending him flying back. Uh, August is dying. It, can can we uh, can we rewind a little bit as I'm reading my notes and uh, and I can try to uh, protect someone? Yeah, so you can do that. You can try to protect real quick. I assume he's got like little prestidigitation lightning mm-hmm. fingers. Uh, as I see him do that, uh, kind of aiming towards my ghost friend August, I I go to tackle dive him out of the way. And uh, so if someone is about to suffer harm and I can somehow prevent it, then I can try to protect Perfect. them. So that is an eight which means i protect them okay but i will suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get go uh you you see monty holding up his hand is about to like shoot lightning and everything gets really slow for ron and then for a split second you see essie again and she just points to august and says say him and you just run forward and dive tackle Monty right as he lets this blast out. And so, Ron, you're going to take three harm. I, I can take it. And August, you no longer take that two harm. I'm not dying again. <laughs> yeah, and so Monty and Ron are now tussling on the ground. August, uh, you notice that Ron's blade fell out of, uh, of his pocket, and it's glowing. And it seems in the tussle, Monty dropped something that looks like to be the cross guard of a sword handle on the ground, and it's also glowing. Am I close enough to pick them both up? Give me an act under pressure to see if you can grab both of them. You're close enough to definitely grab one, but we'll see if you're fast enough to be able to grab both, because there's still some uh, regular drummer men around. Drummer, drummer men. 11. Yeah! So August like sees these and just like, does this cool like dive roll on the ground and picks up the blade and like barely misses uh, a, like a drummer boy like knife hand like in the ground right next to him and then he sees like the cross guard on the other side he reaches for it and grabs the cross guard once again narrowly narrowly missing the blade of a little drummer boy and you now have these four items that are glowing in your possession. Do one of the drummer boys do a drum roll while I do that? And then as I finish my little flip, it goes Jazz hands. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, Mothman Weed Lord 420. Even as a he's a, even as a drummer boy, he loves a good show. Yeah, <laughs> it's his humanity showing through. He always loved a good show. I, what, you know, I just what I appreciate is uh, is henchman villain who understands the dramatic. That's yeah. what I like. They know that it's all about this show. What are you doing now, August? Um, if they're all sort of reacting to each other, I want to try to put them all together if I all can. Right, so give me another weird check. Nat 12. Uh, yeah, so yeah. August. Plus two. Uh, August just nice. like intuitively like just looks at all and just, just kind of realizes, oh, I know what the fuck this is. He takes the chef blade that Ron had, snaps the handle off, pulls up the handle that um, he had gotten from Ron, and he throws the cross guard on and attaches the blade to the top of the handle and cross guard. And what's interesting is at first you see like the blade extend out and it kind of makes like a He-Man extension sword, but then it flickers and the sword itself like vanishes and then reappears 
as a giant morning star. Ooh. But it is it is glowing and looks very cool. Uh, Rodney, what are you doing? Trying to shoot Monty. All right. So <laughs> I'm mad. I realize that there's some humanity left in my friends, so I'm trying to stave off killing the drone. So yeah, try shoot so try to shoot guns. Monty. You're gonna take a negative one because Ron is in the fray with Monty. Like they're still like r- wrestling around. If I try to use a melee attack on him, would I not take the negative one? Um, no. If you don't, if you if you're using a melee attack, you won't take the negative one. But is there anything? Is there like a sledgehammer or like a crowbar or like a golf club? Did any of that fall? There is. Uh, it seemed like all the things that fell were just like w- like a gun style armaments. Um, but there is a baseball bat that's kept at the front door of Ed Minions um, at all times that you can just kind of grab. Would it do more damage if I used the baseball the baseball bat or if I tried to pistol whip him? Uh, I think the baseball bat probably would do more damage. Uh, Rodney stalks over. He's really pissed off, and he grabs the baseball bat off the door. Then he comes and he's just trying to. Uh, yeah, roll, he's going in for the kick, kill. He's yeah, really angry. Kicks some ass. Ooh, eight. All right, so you're going to take uh, two harm, and uh, he, he's just going to get a kick in on you, Rodney, and you're going to take one harm uh, as a swap. Um, but you do hit him off of Ron, and so now, like, Ron, what are you doing now that now that Monty's been thrown off of you? Okay, uh, I guess, you know, my, my priority, you know, I'm not looking to, uh, I'm definitely not looking to, like, murder a, a human. Monty is kind of like, kicked off of me and there's still one void drummer mm-hmm. man yeah but i no longer have my my super and first of all it was great at chopping vegetables like i really had a feel for it mm-hmm. and like i know it's like a super power weapon but i just do you know how long it takes to get used to your knife it's it's a whole thing i'll well, i'll deal with it another time uh i guess i am gonna try to see if i can find any sort of Oh, we're in a kitchen, right? Yeah, you're like right. Uh, you're you're mm-hmm. right on like the bar side, but you're like right next to your kitchen, so you can get in there easily. Sure. So I'm gonna just try to find, you know, like uh, a pan, a rolling pin, or something I can use to smack yep. this uh, void. There, there's demon a nice cast thing. iron skillet. Fuck yes. Uh, and so I suppose that's an uh, that's a yep. kick some ass and eight okay yeah so you're gonna hit one of them one of the void creatures with a pan and get a slice uh, across your chest for one harm oh great as you all are fighting rodney you start to hear like some scrapes at the door and you like look through the window and it seems like there's some more little drummer boys outside shit i'm gonna keep attacking monty all right because uh, i know that they're there are i mean they're scary they can stab yeah. you but they're right. not that attack monty scary do I do something? Oh yeah, so yeah, you can you can do something, yeah. <laughs> um, you can try to stop me. Yeah. I'm just hitting you yeah. in the head with a baseball yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah, Monty, you can go. I'm sorry, Monty, but you're the bad guy. You don't get a turn. <laughs> I chase down Ron. Okay. Um, I see that he's swinging at one of the animals. I grab him by the throat and I use uh, like my blast effect, but I'm using it to like to the same effect earlier where I was screaming into his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna try try to do this. I'm gonna try to scream into his mouth. To blast him for two damage. Okay. Eight. All right. So, Ron, you're getting like this magic shove down your throat literally as you take two harm. Oh, we're not feeling so great over here. Uh, yeah, so you gain that back because uh, you can tell it's necromatic uh, damage. And, Rodney, it seems terrifying, like almost all hope is lost. Monty is standing with his back to the door of the kitchen holding Ron now uh, on his knees and choking him. 
The only thing in the kitchen that's like still up is the kitchen door that's just swinging comically. And you see it swing and there's nothing in there and you see it swing once again. And Cindy appears behind Monty, walks up, snaps Monty's neck and he just falls cold dead on the ground. Looks at you and goes, all right, children. I would like to get one last picture for the fridge. And as she says that, a light forms around August and Ron, similar to when they were all teleported here. And once it dissipates, you now see Ezra, but you see the dead body of Lamar. Seasons was created and edited by Joel Ruiz and is a property of the Critical Bits podcast. Narration by Jack David. Opening tracks provided by People Need Goals. Featuring voices of Adam LeGrave, Rebecca Parks, David Rodriguez and Beck Shepard. Seasons cast list is as follows. Danielle Bryn, Cole Burkhart, Kyle Classett, Brian Eamond, Alex Flanagan, Brandon Leon Gambetta, Taylor Johnson, Shelby Lee, Zalavia Nelson Jr., Jack Packard, Renee Rhodes, Eve Smith, Shannon Strucci, Patrick Tracy, Dallas Wheatley, and Aaron Willems. For links to the cast's Twitter, People Need Goals music, and more info on the show, please visit seasonsminiseries.com. Also, please consider supporting Critical Bits on Patreon so they can continue to bring you more actual play events.